This is Jocko Podcast number 73 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. It has been quite a few episodes since we did some Q&A and answered some questions from the interwebs. Mm-hmm. We had a series of guests, hit a couple books, and just kind of slid a little bit on Q and A. So, Q and A. Yeah. Let's rock. Let's. Question number one. Question number one. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Question number one, Jocko. Do you have to make a conscious effort not to overreact to situations, or is it natural slash ingrained now? I would say at this point, it's it's fairly ingrained, and I don't overreact to a lot of stuff anymore. In fact, sometimes I just don't react to stuff. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you, when things are going on, I'll just be sort of okay. Yep, nod the head. You know, listen to what's happening. Listen to the people freaking out, and I don't. Yeah, I, I don't overreact to a lot of stuff. That's, I think it's pretty ingrained right now. And I I would say that in order to get there, you know, in order to to try and move in that direction, because that is the best way to be. Again, I'm not saying to be a robot. I'm not saying you should have no emotions and you should never show any, I'm not saying that. But you shouldn't, you should have some control over those emotions, especially from a leadership perspective, right? That's what I'm talking about here, from a leadership perspective. So. One of the things that you can do is when you when you when, when chaos starts to hit, you, you know, picture that. What does this look like from the outside? What do I look like from the outside when somebody says something to you that's traumatic or is going to cause a disturbance or it's going to cause problems? Mm-hmm. Immediately, you think to yourself, "Okay, what am I going to look like from the outside right now? What am I going to look like to them?" If they're recording this oh, yeah, in yeah. your head, like they're recording this, and we're mm-hmm. gonna go sit down and watch it later. When they first came out with in the SEAL teams, when we start started recording people as they entered rooms and as we did primarily close quarters combat scenarios. So you got guys in tight quarters and they're making very quick decisions, mm-hmm. and y- you start seeing what you look like. Yeah, yeah. And it and it, it makes you better, you know. That's why that's one of the reasons why you do it. It's the same thing with jujitsu. You, you've you watch the tape or or MMA. You watch the tape of what someone's doing. In football, they do that in every sport, right? They watch the tape, see what you look like, see what mistakes you made. So, when someone hits you with something that's disturbing or is going to cause problems, picture that you're being recorded, <laughs> and you're going to have to watch the play by play later. Yeah. With your team, and look at what how much you lost your temper or how much you got frazzled and yeah. what a disaster you were. So I, that's what I would picture or, or as you st- start to move in the direction of, hey, I'm not gonna get frazzled by problems. I'm just gonna listen, I'm gonna assess, I'm gonna make decisions and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty easy. Yeah. Pretty simple. Dang, yeah, that, that play when they say play let's go to the videotape you know let's mm. play and in football oh man in meetings they you know big screen projector look at, look at echo the little laser pointer <laughs> yes exactly so when men when you mess up and everyone's looking what are you doing here they pause it and it shows you like mid mess up you know man it's it's like they put you on the stage and just throw tomatoes at you that's what it feels like yeah that's how you get better though yeah agree totally agree and in a way I told you I used to do this where 
it had to do with more like getting mad. Like if I find myself getting mad, right. or, you know, same thing, overreaction kind of where I'd really shame myself kind of like, man, that's embarrassing. You got mad kind of thing. So it would be on my mind the whole time where anytime I felt myself getting mad, it'd, it'd be on my mind. Like, oh, look at me. I'm being one of those guys. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing, but it's in your own head kind of thing. Yeah, and it's it really boils down to something I talk about all the time, detachment. Yeah. Be, that's what I'm talking about. Being able to picture yourself, what do I look like right now? Am I appearing to be a panicked, stricken loser? Yes, Or loser. am I a calm, cool, collected leader that's gonna step up, make a good decision, assess the situation, and move forward? Yeah. Let's look like that guy the winner the yeah. leader what about if you're like what about uh, what about if you're tired like you didn't get a lot of sleep for a few are days are you serious right now yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no factor uh, no fa- okay it doesn't no. affect you you know people the, are more the, you're irritable right, you're right people get irritable when yeah. they get tired yeah which i actually find amusing <laughs> yeah but that's a real thing yeah it is a real thing you know it's so like, you know what that means you need to if you if you're one of those people that's going to be in that mode you need to be aware of that and you need to focus even more yeah. on not overreacting and acting like a baby because you're tired like me yeah exactly that's a good way like a baby yeah like that's a baby a, yeah yeah what does a baby do you start crying yes and that's actually kind of the point there where you know i used to be one of the before i had kids you know how when the, the kid is acting up you know, your friend's kid is acting yeah. up and then you're like, oh, I want a bratty kid. But the parent of the kid <laughs> always is like, oh, he's just tired or she's just tired. Yeah. And, and you're you th- like, you thought it was a lie. <laughs> she's just tired. No, your kid is a brat. That's what you, you kind of think. You know, your kid's not tired. He's Echo, always judging. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think most people without kid, that's how. And after a while, you, especially when you have kids, you start to realize Oh yeah, man. There's a difference in kids' behavior, yeah, and it must be fundamental because this is a one-year-old we're talking about. You know, it's not yeah. like he learned to start crying when he's tired. It's like when you're tired, you're just less patient. Even as an adult, you ever been tired and you're like waiting for no. something? <laughs> Whatever, bro. When you're when you're tired and you're waiting for something and it's not coming like as quick as you you expected yeah. or what you're used to. Yeah. Here, here's the problem that I run in with with waiting or being held up or when I this is how I realized I was a control freak kind of is going to the airport because yeah. if you're running late in the airport you can't control TSA yeah they're gonna take and and of course if if I'm on time for my flight waiting in the TSA line for five minutes is not a big deal at all mm. if I'm late for my flight five minutes is an eternity yeah. and they're pathetic and they're losers and they're slow <laughs> And it's all on me. Yeah. It's all on me because I w- went yeah. to the airport late. So I'm not, I get to the airport early because I yeah. don't like to have the feeling of things I can't control. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do the best to mitigate it. That's one of those situations. Mm-hmm. If you get all tired and then you get all angry and you start crying like a baby, <laughs> then guess what? Get more sleep. Yeah. And or, and or, because sometimes you don't have the choice and you get less sleep. So put yourself in check and try and get control of those emotions instead of acting like a baby. Yeah. I put in in the Warrior Kid book one of the lines is Mark he's all bummed out and and the line was he started crying like a baby and 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 the the editors were like you know you might not want to say that you know it kind of right. gives a bad th- thing about right, crying like crying is crying's bad and crying's yeah. babyish and I said well no actually you're crying like a baby <laughs> and babies cry and right. you know when you're a 10 year old kid you shouldn't be crying like a baby and it's him right. saying about himself you know right. 
so they they were a little sensitive about that one but mm. once I kind of debriefed him on it we yeah. were good the line remained <laughs> mark in his own yeah. words broke down and started crying like a baby right. so yeah cuz crying like a baby technically is not the same thing as just normal crying for stuff yeah you that's know? true like that's you're crying true. like a because why they say crying like a baby really it's probably cuz babies cry for literally everything right Anything that they're yeah, not happy true. about, yeah. the baby cry because yeah, he doesn't know how to true. talk. So if you're crying like a baby, you're just crying, you're just crying for every little yeah, thing. Every little thing. There you go. But if you're just crying over, you know, Hawaii Five O or, or you know, whatever the movie is you're watching, then that's way different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Next the line question. remained. That's the good thing. That's the key right there. <laughs> Next question. Any advice for a second lieutenant one month into IOC and a couple of months from standing in front of a PLT? Platoon, Platoon yep. of Marines for the first time. You know what? I, I almost didn't answer this one because I answered it all the time for every different person that's going into a leadership position. But I'm yeah. going to answer it one more time just to make sure I'm going to make it brief. I'm going to make it quick. Yeah. But if you're going into a new leadership position, whether you're going to be in charge of a Marine Corps platoon or an Army platoon or a SEAL platoon or a division at a company or a sports, t- whatever you're going to be in charge of. The, the, the principles are the same, right? We're going to be humble, number one. We're going to listen. We're not going to act like we know everything because we don't because we're new. There's going to be a, a, a gunny sergeant in that platoon that actually does know a lot of stuff. You mm-hmm. don't. You don't need to go in there asking, acting like you do. You're going to take suggestions. You're going to, you're going to ask for advice. You're going to heed the advice when it comes your way. Now you're going to work harder than everybody else. That that goes without saying. You're going to outwork everybody. They're going to respect that. And then when the time comes to be decisive and you've taken on board the various inputs, you're going to be decisive. Once you've been decisive, that doesn't mean that you're going to hold on and burn in with that idea, that decision that you made. You can change your mind sometimes. That's the one thing that always freaked me out about politicians when a politician would change their mind and everyone would say, oh, they're a flip-flopper. Right. They yeah. changed their mind. I said, you know, more information comes to light and your yeah. attitude can can evolve. You yeah, know, your evolve. opinion can evolve. That's, mm-hmm. not, that's not a horrible thing to me. Now, if you have somebody that's flip-flopping their fundamental principles, right. that can obviously, and, and if the reason for them doing that isn't for new information it's because they want this person to right. vote for me yeah or that group of people to yeah. vote for me well then that's obviously a different thing yeah. but for you to analyze your decision and then let it mature and change that's not that big of a deal and it's and and people get paranoid that that your troops won't respect that mm-hmm. like i said we were going to come in for the west so we're just gonna, i'm not going to change my mind because i'll look weak no 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 you actually look weak by maintaining a stupid opinion or yeah. maintaining course that's a bad de- course or a bad decision yeah. so so don't do that just be humble be decisive when you have to be or when you when you need to be and then also remember there's been all these other leaders throughout history Thousands and thousands of years that have stepped up and taken charge of stuff and gotten after it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to make some mistakes. So is everybody. Mm-hmm. The people that are that you're working for made mistakes too. That gunnery sergeant made mistakes. You know he wasn't perfect. So you're going to make mistakes. Not, not not that big of a deal. You make a mistake. What do you do? Own it. Learn from it. Move forward. So that's what you do with the new leadership position and good luck man the 
platoon commander, platoon commander, platoon commander. That's what you want to be, and that's what you got. Go and get it. <laughs> Semper Fi, and thanks for your service. Yeah, that's. I think that's one. My opinion is that the this question and this answer that you just gave that I don't think that gets old because that's a hard it, one. It and and no one feels comfortable. Yeah. Or actually, let me rephrase that. The people that feel comfortable, I'm ready to get in there and take charge. They're generally the least ready and are going to have the worst performance because their 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 egos big and they believe that they're going to crush it. This guy, this second lieutenant, he is humble. He's aware. He's you know, hey man, what can I do? How can I be ready for this? That's that's the perfect place to be at. Yeah, like a healthy amount of doubt. Yeah, Leif Leif told that story a couple times where when he was the executive officer to SEAL Team or the ops officer to SEAL Team. If he called out, and I was running training, so his SEAL team was going through training, and he would call, you know, the platoon commander, the troop commander, and he'd say, "Hey, you know, how's everything going out there?" And if he, if they answered, "We're crushing it," right, right, Leif would say, "Uh oh, we, we got issues," because, because <laughs> right, right. factually, he knew, he knew, you know, he knew I was running training. There wasn't yeah. anyone's going to crush the training <laughs> I was running. And so, if their answer wasn't, you know, hey, the training is really hard, and we're doing our best, we're learning a lot. Yeah. Those guys, he'd say, okay, they're good to go, and I'll go see him, you know, in a week or so. Mm-hmm. If they said they were crushing it, he'd say, yeah, I'm going to come out and see you guys tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they get out there, he'd say, what's going on? I'd say, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. So, yeah, that attitude of we're crushing it is generally an indicator of you're probably not doing the best job. Yeah. So stay humble. Kind of the indicator of how they're gonna move forward too, you know, like their attitude moving. We're crushing it. I'm doing great. Yeah, no, the whole that's, time. Yeah, you're not. You're not doing great. <laughs> None of us are. At a minimum, we can do better. Right. So the minute you say I'm doing great, yeah, going backwards. Next question: How long did it take you to get promoted to a blue belt? And how often were you training during that time? So, real simple question. It took me, I think, about nine or ten months to get my blue belchie. And when I was at that time, I uh, I was yeah at SEAL Team 1. Mm-hmm. I was in the training department. And I had a lot of opportunity to train. Mm-hmm. At that time, Clinton years, not a lot of money. To, to train in the SEAL teams, yeah. so less trips, shorter trips, less travel, so we were st- staying around a little bit more. No war going on on top of all that. So we were we were home a little bit more, and so I trained all the time. I, tra- I would go to lunch. At lunch, I would zip over to Fabio Santos oh, okay. and train the lunchtime class, and then I'd zip back and do work, and then we'd get done. I'd go back, and I would do the beginner class, and then I would do the advanced class. And oh. then I would roll with Dean and Higgs and James Nielsen and Craig and the rest of the guys that were there at Fabio's at the time. And we and Fabio used to kick Dean and I off the mat at like nine o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, taking too long. Yeah, and he'd say, "Why don't you guys get a life? <laughs> what are you doing?" And we'd say, "We're just training the jujitsu." You say, "We got a life. It's right here. Yeah, I'm yeah, living. This it. is it." It. D- and so it was mostly at Fabio's, like, you know how you said you'd, like, train with your, you know, your guys who yep. weren't trained or whatever? Was there that going on? Yeah, yeah. Anybody that wanted to roll with me, I right. had the same policy that I have right now. You want to roll? Cool. Yeah. Let's roll. 
<laughs> well, I have my gear. It's in my bag right now. If you want to train, we'll train. <laughs> oh, it's you know yeah. Thursday afternoon, and it's two o'clock, and we don't have any work to do. And you want to train? Cool, we'll train. Yeah. So yeah, I was doing that all the time. And I, the thing is, once I got blue belt, because I think I got blue belt pretty pretty quickly, yeah. and but I was a blue belt for a long time because <laughs> because I right as I was probably getting close to getting my purple belt, mm-hmm. I left. I right. left California and I went to Virginia Beach. Mm-hmm. Once I got to Virginia Beach, stepped into a new dojo with uh, Gustavo Machado, sure, and you know started training with Gustavo. And, and I'm just a blue belt, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's got to know, learn me, yeah. f- figure out what my personality is like, see what my potential is right. as a person. And I trained really hard there, but I was also gone a lot traveling, and that's when I was traveling a lot on the road, and I would train with guys on the road, and I went on deployment, trained with guys on deployment, and then it would come back into town. And so I didn't get consistent enough with him, right. eyes with him, where he said, hey, this guy's ready for his purple belt. So by the time I might have been close to him thinking okay you know what i need to start looking at him for a purple belt went back to san diego mm-hmm. got back to san diego and now, now i check back into fabio's well it's been two years bro <laughs> <laughs> you need to you, you know you need to prove yourself again yeah so it was almost like i was at the bottom of the of the pecking order in terms of time and rain even though i'd been a blue belt for a long time so yeah. i ended up being a blue belt for a long time i want to say it was a blue belt for maybe like five years. Yeah, that's <laughs> and I was yeah, a good blue belt. I, don't get me wrong. Sure, of course you were. Pat. And but you know, it was a long that's time. How, you, you when you when you jump around from school to school and the instructor doesn't know you well enough yeah. and doesn't see you on a regular basis and can't assess your improvement because that's the thing with jujitsu. In my opinion, sure, you're you, you don't get your belt. There's not a level playing field for every person. So, in other words, it's not, hey, these are the skills required for blue belt, and right. now you get your blue belt. And right. then you've learned these other, four, you know, these other 127 other moves, and now you get your purple belt. Now there's 310 moves to get your, it's not like that at all. Yeah. And in fact, it's also not, hey, how do you as a blue belt do against this other group of blue belts? What it is, and I know this sounds a little bit cliche, but it's, it's really, how good are you? against you right because if somebody you know let's say you get somebody that starts jujitsu when they're older you know maybe they're 55 years old they're gonna go and they train until they're 62 or or they're training and training and training their skill level they're getting injured they're having issues they got to work they got to they get about to do a bunch of other things and they can't they're, they're a hobbyist right they're not focused and they can only train so much they learn the moves, they get better, 10 years go by, there's a chance that they're gonna be a black belt mm-hmm. based on the fact that, hey, as a 55-year-old person that came in here and started training and the moves that you've learned and how you've applied them, yeah. according to your athletic ability and your physical capability at the time, mm-hmm. hey, it's been 10 years, which is a pretty rough number for like you right. know for getting your black belt. So that's acceptable. But you might get a kid that's a really good athlete that in two years can destroy that guy yeah and he's not getting his black belt yeah. because you're you're saying what is your potential how good can you be as a black belt that's yeah. the question yeah. so really it's almost a compliment the longer it takes you to get your belts that means in my opinion that means the better you're gonna that means the better that your instructor thinks you're gonna sure. be yeah 
That's yeah. my that's my thought. And not everyone does it like that. You know, some yeah. people think, oh, if if this purple belt can beat that purple belt, you know, this purple belt's better. Yeah. And if this purple belt can beat the brown belt, then I need to give him his brown belt. Mm, not too many think people think that way. Yeah. Uh, you know who thinks that way? The purple belt. <laughs> I can beat the brown belt. Yep. I should be a brown belt. No, hey, no, wrong. Well, right. Yeah. So so true. And there's so many. Um, th- there's so many of those little things. Like the reason an instructor might be influenced to give someone. I mean, typically, they're not going to give someone a belt based solely on the fact that he taps out that. You know, brown yeah. belt. So, yeah. but it is influenced by that. It where is. It, it is. Oh, there's all these weird things. There's stuff like sometimes I'm will, watching like a, two blue belts, and they'll see that I'm watching, and it turns into a death match because <laughs> none yeah. of them wants to tap. And actually, you know what? Dang, I just saw a video of a guy with a camera. I think you put it on, on yeah, social media. Yeah, I saw that live. Mm. Yeah. What what kind of injured his elbow? You think? Because it looked like his uh, elbow. Yeah, maybe like crack. The bice, the, yeah, didn't you know. tap to the Kimura. Yeah. The Kimura is a beast, man. Yeah. The Kimura is a beast. You know, you cannot tap to a footlock. Yeah. You cannot tap to, you can even not tap to a heel hook. Yeah, heel hook can go really sideways. Yeah. But you don't tap to a Kimura, you're probably gonna have some issues. It's, man. Yeah, it's so terrible to watch. Like I've seen guys that like, get their, you know, their knee and stuff in a heel hook, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's like, oh, dang that. Yeah. yeah but man, the, the Kimura, when you see the guy's arm just, just bend that way, you know, man. I, and I, I didn't post that video. Someone else posted it. I would never post videos like that. In fact, I don't like to watch that. <laughs> I is saw that it live. I, is that what I did to your shoulder according to the Success right. Magazine? <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. Almost separated yeah, your almost, shoulder. Almost separated I it. did not, people. I no. did not do that. I know it sounded nice and dramatic, yeah. but it didn't happen. Yeah, I so. don't think you've ever almost separated no. my shoulder. No. <laughs> yeah, not but as far as, <laughs> as far as people getting, uh, instructors getting influenced on why to give guys belts or a higher belt, like some instructors, for example, they'll be influenced now by uh, to give a guy higher belt because I want to have more black belts under me. Oh, you know, we yeah, have a team yeah, of yeah. black belts, and typically that'll have a lot to do with sales. You know, like oh, where God. I can be like, hey, I have you know a team of, you know, and I've heard the sales pitch. You know, where it's like, hey, we have seven seven black belts on the mat, three world champ. You know, that's good. Yeah. That's good. So people might be influenced by that, and then they'll be like, okay, maybe I'll give these two guys their belt because so now we have four black belts or whatever. Mm, that's There's that, not cool. and then there, <laughs> if that's the reason, you know, I mean, it, it is good to have. All, 10 black belts in your association. Yeah, yeah, that is good. If it's yeah. legit, yeah, for sure. And But then there's the opposite too, where guys will be like, if they're, and this typically happens if oh. they're competing. So if a coach is like, hey, I got f- these five brown belts, they're obviously on the level of black belt knowledge, performance, all this stuff. But when they go in the tournament in the brown belt level, they're, they're killing. We got gold medals, gold team medals yeah. every time. So then there's that Sandbagging. Sandbagging, yeah. exactly right. So there's, yeah, there's all those things. In regards to the belt, I said this before. I'm going to say it again. The belt really doesn't have to do with how good you think you are or how good even you know you are. If you're like, hey, I'm tapping, you know, I'm a white belt, for example. I'm white belt and I'm hanging with the purple belts. I'm tapping blue belts and brown belts are getting, I'm giving them a hard time. So I should be a blue belt. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And, and you know, it, it sounds like an exaggeration. It doesn't matter at all. It matters a little bit. Here's the thing. No, it doesn't. Your skill is evaluated by your instructor. That's the reason why you can be at a certain level, leave, come back and still not be because you're your instructor. You can be going dominating everywhere. 
the instructor has to evaluate you. Yeah, that's so. That's exactly what happened with me, and, I, yeah. and it wasn't a negative thing. It was right. like, hey, you've been gone for two that's years. Right. We got to see where you're at, Jocko. Yeah, yeah. and it's Man, not just, a one day thing roll either. Back in here and get your purple belt. Yeah, just because you've been training for two straight years. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, and you know what's interesting too is this. Uh, obviously, this applies to people in the business world, people trying to get promoted, and and the more you're thinking, hey, I I'm better at this job than this guy. Yeah. I should get. There's something else going on. There's something you look at, and the more frustrated you get about not getting that promotion not getting taken care of not getting noticed just do your job work yeah. hard you know the, don't worry about the promotion and the promotion is going to come yeah in most cases yeah so i would almost advice. i would even frame it where i would say in all cases <laughs> there are exceptions like everything else but in in all cases that, that is the situation yeah. i think and think yeah. about this too when you when you in regards to like your belt Right, jujitsu belt. If I'm a white belt, Jocko, you're my instructor, and I'm like, hey, I'm winning all these tournaments, all of them, gold, not a point score, all by submission. I'm tapping out blue belts and purple belts sometimes. Hey, Jocko, give me my blue belt. I can't do that. You, you like, it's not up to me. Even yeah. if I beg you, I go on the internet, I post this petition. <laughs> it's not up to me. See, this is this is the thing. You know when you hear in martial arts, like. Old traditional martial arts, like you will learn humility, yeah, and you will learn discipline, and they would teach it, you know, by teaching it, by talking about it. In jujitsu, it's real, yeah. Like you will be humble, yeah. And when you flare up and say, "Where's my belt?" That's you not being humble. That's yep. you not, you know, just saying, "Hey, I need to work harder. I need to keep getting after it." Yeah. And it's so you're hard. learning that lesson yeah, right there. That's part of the lesson. That's, <laughs> that's the, the way it deal. should be. You know. Yeah. And again, I, I, I've mentioned this before on the podcast. Just because someone is a jujitsu person, just because they're a black belt, doesn't mean they have the same. It doesn't mean they have like the best morals and values. It doesn't mean that at all. There could be people selling belts. There's people that sell belts. Oh, you 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 got to take ten privates with me, a thousand dollars each, and then right. then you that's how you get the black belt. Okay, right. cool. Yeah. No, not cool. Yeah. So there's a bunch of things like that too. You know, oh, I want you to go open a pilot school for me somewhere. So I'm going to give you your black belt, even right, though right. you're not that good. Right. So that way you can you can give me my you know twelve percent of your annual. Earnings that you know there's things yeah. like that happen and there's you know even worse things that happen But the the bottom line is in a pure jujitsu sense You should be working hard and getting promoted as it comes from your yeah. instructor. Yeah, so essentially the promote Is this sort of like an indirect way of you talking to me about your belt? But no, <laughs> not at all actually actually it, if it does apply to me I'd, I'd say doesn't matter you don't work, even care it well Less than anyone cares or doesn't care. Of course, I think everyone cares in one way or another. But I, I'd say the approach, it more has to do with the approach. Like, just like how you said, focus on getting better. Focus on the learning. That's it. The belt is just a symptom of your learning. It's a, it's an eventuality, essentially. Same thing. Or back to the, the fact that it doesn't have anything to do with the, the person, only the instructor. On the flip side of what I said about, you know, if I think I'm I think I'm a blue belt and I'm not getting my blue belt, what's up? It's not up to me, it's up to the instructor, no matter what. Same thing as if you you're like, Hey, promotion time, hey, Echo, here's your blue belt. And I'm like, I'm not ready for this blue belt. Yes, I'm, no. I suck. <laughs> I'm I can't even do this. Well, I can't give the belt back. I can't like take it off and then put it, you know. Mm. I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of excitement. There was that thing that happened a long time ago with um with Ensign. That wasn't that long ago. That was like a year ago. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Okay. 
but nonetheless, you know, I can't give it back yeah, when you to get, you. When you get you know? promoted, you're ready yeah. for it. So yeah. put your belt on and start start getting after right. it harder. It has nothing to do with your opinion. That's the, that's the point yeah. there. So yeah, it's your instructor. And then keep training. Yeah. Because sometimes people get their belts and they stop training. Yeah, that and that's an indicator. Here's the thing. I'll admit there was a point in my life where I was like concerned about that. I'm like, oh, I'm you know better than this guy. I'm not going to say when, which belt. It was not recently, mind you. But so yeah. it was like three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say it. But man, I remember, and when I think about that time, man, I wasn't learning that much at all. I was just focusing on like, oh, how could I do? So like, you know, your game kind of is closed off. You don't learn much. You're concerned oh, yeah, about yeah, you know yeah. all this stuff. And if who's you, tapping who? And exactly you're not taking right. any risks. Not learning. Yes, yep. exactly right. And gets you, and it just messes up your whole jujitsu experience because you had that. You have that alley added element of stress it's not good don't do that so don't even ask about belts i think that's a good that's a think great policy that isn't that is a great policy yeah that that's the best policy for belts yeah. don't ask them train hard and yeah. you'll get what's coming to you eventually but sometimes people will ask you hey when are you going to get your blue belt or you know you know people will ask you that whenever so, i don't know yeah whenever my instructor a lot of times people ask me when i'm gonna get the red and black belt <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. No one asked me that. Chocolate <laughs> <laughs> with a red and black. A coral uh, belt. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Good. Next question. Next question. What's the best approach to managing people that outperform you? I think this is a simple question as well. Uh, what you do in this situation is you give them all the support you can and let them run. I'm, I'm happy. If someone's outperformed me, that's great. You know what else I'll do? Try and learn from them. See what they're doing. Try and spread the word. If I'm in a leadership position and someone's doing outperforming everyone, great. How can we take that? How can we teach to everyone else? How can I give them support so they can run even faster? This is no factor to me. I love it. You should be surrounding. The more people you can bring on your team that outperform you, the better you're going to do. True. Check. Easy money. Next question. Yeah. Next question. Yeah, a lot of times that's hard though. You know? And I know you're going to say, that's your ego. Oh, but, am I going to say it in that voice? <laughs> is it not true? We know it's your ego. It's 100% ego it's when true. you can't support somebody that's doing better than you. It's 100% ego. Why else would you not support them? They're helping the team win. They're yeah, helping everyone do better. Yeah. Why would you not support them? Because you're ego. Because you're like, Ooh, that hurts. Yeah. I want to be the guy. And you know what you look like then? You look like a jealous baby. little baby. Yeah. Word of the day, baby. <laughs> you look like a little jealous little yeah. baby. Because you're trying to hold them back and everyone can see it and everyone can tell. Yeah. And just don't be that person. Yeah, bro, that's a good point right there. Everyone can tell. Bro. Everyone, everyone can sees tell. what's going on. It's one of those dichotomies is, is that people can be so ignorant to things yeah. and yet so perceptive to things. Yeah. So And the things like that, they're so perceptive to. Yeah. Uh, Echo doesn't like to see Jocko outshine him. Yep. That's why he's trying to hold him back. Oh, he's not yep. sending him on that trip. Yeah, we're so gonna obvious. we can win that deal. Oh, so he's obvious. gonna go instead. Yeah. Hey, I won the deal, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm great. No, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> and even down to the smallest little things, like you know, hey, um, you know, I don't know. We'll say John is the guy's your subordinate, right? You're jealous of him because he's because he's dope. And when someone gives John a compliment about how good he did, yeah. just the little looking on yes. your face, so obvious, so you obvious. don't know. And yeah. you, you know how you say some people are, or people are so like ignorant of some things and so perceptive. They're ignorant about the stuff when it applies to them. Yes. When it applies to somebody else, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. You yeah, know, I'll point course. those out all day. Good point. Like when people, I got this from Sam Harris. He point, he had this example where name dropping. When you're, you know, when you, yeah. when you do some name dropping. <laughs> 
not everyone, but most people, it's like it's easier to recognize it when other people name yeah. drop than when they do themselves. You know, so funny, yeah. so true. And there's, if I name drop, I immediately feel like a yes! flush of just disgust. Yeah. Say, oh my god, I just did that. Yeah. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So bad. But it's hard to know to, you know. It's you know, speaking of that, I was just texting back and forth with uh, Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan the other day. Name job. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know. That's a, that's a um, excessive name drop when you say their first and their last oh, name. That's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. You know. And then. Well, I don't know. What's worse, like, uh, yeah, hey, you know, I was, I was just texting. I just got a text from Tim. He was yes. letting me know about uh, it. Yeah, you're well, right. Tim, who? <laughs> oh, Tim Ferriss, my boy. <laughs> Joe Hogan, my boy. Yeah, right. we were kicking it old school. Yeah, that's like um, uh, like pseudo advanced name dropping, where where uh, you say the first name like that, but like oh. like amateur name dropping is first and last name. Okay, but so like, I was actually black belt name dropping. Yeah. Just, just first name, first yes. name base. Yeah, actually more like uh, one stripe white belt. You know, it's just a little bit more advanced. Oh, okay. It's still name dropping. <laughs> is what's the high? Is there a way to appropriately name drop somehow? How do you do that? I, I'm sure they did not say their name. I was talking to someone the other day, so this is a similar situation. I was talking to you know, I met some people the other day, and 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 the girl says, "You well, you know, I oh yeah, she, we were talking about the East Coast, and she's oh yeah, I went, I went to co- I went to college in Cambridge, and it was you know, it's it's a good place." And I was thinking to myself, I didn't, I you know, oh where'd you go to school? No, nope. we'll leave it at that. Yeah. But that was sort of a high level yeah, name yeah. drop. I lived in Cambridge. That's where I went to college. Yeah, yeah. The only one from college to talk about going or <laughs> up there, right? Yeah. Right. So yeah. I'm just, you know, oh, was that a high level? <laughs> was it, or was that just an honest conversation? Yeah, might have been just, yeah. might have been just her not wanting to sound like, yeah, you know, hey, uh, you know, right? She didn't want to. She didn't essentially want to name drop for the reason that people normally name drop. But here's, I think there is a way to uh, like effectively and like legitimately, if for lack of a better term, name drop. And that's like if you if you because name dropping typically it's like, you know, it's almost like a weak attempt at breezing over, you know, I'm texting with Joe Rogan, yeah. you know, or <laughs> they'll like say their little credentials, uh, you know. But I think if you say, you know, I was texting with my friend and it was actually Joe Rogan. You know that, and you make it like a point to oh, okay. emphasize, like that. that not, oh, yeah, it, this yeah. wasn't just anyone; it was yeah. Joe Rogan. So you're actually excited about it. Yes, you know exactly. Cool. Cool. So that I think that's an effective way because it kind of kind of can maintain your humility there. Yeah. But you okay. know when people are like, there you know, you I'm go. just texting with my boy Joe Rogan, whatever kind of yeah. thing. We're like, I'm just no just, big deal. No big deal. That's, NBD. Yo, NBD, bro. Anyway, cool. We I, we I digress. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. What would be a good approach to effectively What would be a good approach to effectively leading a team where instead of taking ownership of their responsibilities and working towards team goals, each team member is just trying to be the boss. Okay, so a couple things here. E- you want to let them be the boss of their tasks, right? That's what you're trying to do. So that that makes sense. And one of the ways, if they if they want to be the boss of everything, maybe you give them a little bit more, as much decision making process as you can, as to what task or what projects they're in charge of. So that makes them feel a little bit like they're empowered. And I shouldn't say makes them feel like they're empowered. You actually are empowered. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know what are. I mean? So there's a there's a pretty significant distinction because once again, people will recognize 
if you're just letting them do it to make them feel good about it, they're yeah. going to know that. Yeah. yeah, okay, Jocko, thanks for the decision. You gave yeah. me a choice of one thing. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. The color of pants. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, maybe let them really express their authority and leadership on owning what it is that they're owning. So, and, and, but the question says they're not taking ownership of their responsibilities. So let's make sure first that we're not... That, that we're giving them full reign and full ownership of their responsibilities and we're not micromanaging in there. Now, if that, if we're beyond that and, and we got people that just want to be in charge of the whole thing, well, cool. That's, that's actually awesome. You want to be in charge of everything? If Echo is, is in our team and he wants to be in charge of everything, hey guys, check it out. Right now, this next you know project that we're working, Echo's going to run it. I'm going to sit back and by the way, next project, Bill, you're running. Mm-hmm. And next project, Fred, you're running. Now we're all going to get to actually get in the hot seat. And, you, and I'll tell you what you're going to see. Number one, you're going to see some people that go, ah, yeah, I, <laughs> they wanted to sit in the back and chirp, but they don't right. actually want to be responsible for anything. So that yeah. puts them to rest right away. Yeah. You're also, what's going to happen with everybody is they're all going to see that this thing that looks so easy from the back of the room is a lot harder than they think. That's what it's like running a, a SEAL mission. The guy in the back that's never been in charge before is like, oh, we should just do it like this. Yeah. And that guy, you say, okay, here, you run this. And then, you know, in six hours, they come up and say, hey, uh, yeah. can you give me a hand with how we're supposed to contact and deconflict with these other units? <laughs> oh, okay, it's a little trickier than you thought. Maybe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, you actually put people in charge of things. If they want to be in charge of things, put them in charge of things. It's great. And, you know, don't let them fall on their face. Don't let them get anyone killed. Don't let them, you know, get anyone injured or lose any strategic ground. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that. But we're going to let them have the opportunity to step up and lead. If they do a good job, sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Now you've got them. You can rely on them. You can actually put them in charge of projects. Now you don't have to micromanage them. You don't have to watch over them. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a no lose situation. This happened actually. One of my one of my uh, platoon was going through training, and one of the platoon commanders came up to me. And we were just putting the putting a platoon through training, and he comes up and he's oh my platoon chief wants to run everything. And I said good. Let him run everything. Yeah. Let him run everything. That's perfect. Then you can focus on you know other things. Don't worry about it. But ego. Right, we want to be running everything. We yeah. want the. We, I'm, I'm the guy in charge. Yeah. No, let him run it. And it's just, it's 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 the the reason the thing that holds people back from letting other people run things is insecurity. Hmm. If I think Echo's going to do a better job than me, hmm. or I think you're going to do a really good job and you're going to shine, and I don't feel like I do a good job, I'm going to hold you back as the, the best of my ability. Be like, yeah. no, Echo, uh, you go ahead, and, you go ahead and just stay in your lane there, yeah. buddy. I got this over here. <laughs> No, but if I if I if I know if I'm securing my leadership, man, Echo. Oh, you want to run this, dude? Awesome. Here you go. Here's the plan. Want you? You know, here's the here's the portfolio. Why don't you put the plan together? I'm gonna be over here looking down the road on our next project, looking for our next thing down the road, going out and getting another client to bring into the game. Mm. We're gonna make this happen. No factor. Yeah, seems like counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You want to? You want me to say? Here's how you keep the people in their lanes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what you do. Let them out of their lanes. Yeah. Let them into your lane. Let them run some stuff. Yep. Build a new leader. It's a beautiful thing. When you you know when you're insecure, you want you don't want them to sh- outshine you. You know, you can tell that where. I think it's natural though. You know, when people 
maybe a little insecure, you know, uh, it, or if you're not as good as maybe you hope or what, I think it's natural to be a little bit insecure. Of course. Here's how, here's how uh, in my experience anyway, where I could tell where oh, I'm being insecure, where if someone's performing a certain thing and you're kind of like, you can feel it consciously. You kind of hope that they don't do that good. Oh, but man, it, I know that's bad. Sabotage it's bad, team. but that's how you can tell. Yeah, that's, that's a good how you can tell. You know, if you have that yourself. feeling, ugh. You should you should definitely you, if check you have yourself. that feeling check yourself. Yeah, go, you know what? Here I am, hoping that my own team member I know doesn't do a oh, good job. Yeah, yeah that's bad. that's a bad situation. Real bad. You want to hope everyone's doing great. Yeah, and you know this happened on deployment, and I talk about it in the book Extreme Ownership. Was you know the Delta platoon commander? He was worried that this element that had come into work in his AO, he was worried that they were going to be better than him and take his job. And he told me that. And I said, hey, bro, if they take your job, good. I'll find a new job for you. There's so much work. We got work to do. Don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. Help them. Help them take your job. Yeah. And I'll find you a new job. It turns out that their egos were too big and they couldn't let that happen. Mm. But that's the same situation. Yeah, you got somebody that thinks going to take your job and do better than you? Help them and then find new work. Because yeah. Yeah, we're trying to help the team, right? There's a mission. There's yeah. an overall mission. And if Echo can do something better than me, Hey, here's the turnover. Here's the lessons I learned. You're better at this than I am. You keep running with it. I'm going to go find something that I'm good at or an area that I can help. Yeah, That's just supporting the whole team. That's a win right there. Yeah. yeah so, and you know what? Sitting in the podcast studio, it's so easy yep. to talk about that. And see <laughs> it, but it's so hard for people to do that. It really is. Really is. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're dealing with your actual feelings in the situation. We're not dealing with our actual feelings in the situation yeah. right now. Yeah. But which, but it doesn't that mean that it's that's good? You know, you, it, it, you're giving a fresh like view. You are, yeah. You know, you are detached. I am so detached you can right now. Accurate advice. And the more detached, and you pointed out some red flags, right? If I'm hoping that these guys go on the mission and fail, that's a red flag that you're being selfish and insecure about yeah. your job and what you're doing. And if someone can do a job better than you, let them do it. Yeah. That's going to help the whole team. Yeah. So it's like you're us in the podcast room. We're like, you know, if you get a guy in the maze, the maze of emotions, and we're outside of the maze on top, we can see the whole maze. Yes. We're not in the maze of emotions. Yes. We're on top. We can look at the whole scenario, the whole maze, so we can tell that guy what to do effectively. Yes. You know? Echo, you just described detachment. There you go. That's Boom. what detachment is like. That, that's, what, that's, what, that's what it's like for me. Yeah. I can see the maze, and I remember learning how to step back yeah. and step above and look at the maze. I remember it. Yeah. I remember learning that and going, oh, that's all you got to do. Yeah. And then I remember taking it from the training ground, the battlefield, and then realizing that that's what you need to do in the everyday interactions with people. And especially once I got in the business world, then I, uh, the thing that was cool about when we started Echelon Front, now I would be witnessing, like we, I'd go into a meeting and I would be detached. I would be up above the maze yeah. of emotions and turmoil. And so now I would get to see it. And then I would start bringing the leadership and saying, look at what this looks like to me. Yeah. And they'd go, goo. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Going to the video tape. Yeah, going to the video. And and so then that's how you learn. We yeah. go to the video, look what it looks like from up above the maze. And now you see, you see what you were doing here in your meeting? You had everybody so 
intimidated that no one said anything. You mm-hmm. just gave a 15 minute meeting. No one responded in any way to anything you said. Do you think everyone in that room agreed with everything you said? Not a chance. They didn't say a word. Why is that? You intimidated them, you bullied them, and now you're not getting any feedback and they're gonna execute the plan that they don't believe in. Mm-hmm. And that's probably less effective than the one that they have coming from the field. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations. No, not congratulations. <laughs> Let's <laughs> no, get this the fixed. opposite of congratulations. Like, you know, so I, I was... In the in traffic, and something to think about. I was in traffic, and you know how the, you have the two lanes, right? So I'm going to turn left on the light. Yep. Then the lane next to me, they're going straight. So whoever the person in front of the person that was next to me, both going straight, they were taking too long. So the, the lady next to me, she's honking the horn, all cra- like oh, going like this, all crazy. So of course I look over at her, and she's going crazy. She looks over at me, she's like. Like, do you believe this kind of thing? All going nuts. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm looking at myself. You know, other people around me, they're just like, well, this lady's going nuts, you know? So that's an example of being on the outside looking in. Her, she thought it was justifiable, honking the horn, looking nuts. But meanwhile, we're on the outside looking at her like, bro, you know how you look? And you know what that situation is? You didn't have anywhere to be. She did. Well, I was you at know, a red light. She was, you know. You know what I'm saying, though? She's a person that hadn't left for late work late, and she sure. was going to be in trouble and blah, blah, blah. Know, and that, that 30 sec, that that 10 sec, that 8 seconds. Yeah, it was probably like 3. Was an eternity yeah. for her. Yeah. She's just going nuts, just like I was talking about in the airport. If I'm running late for the flight, TSA nope. takes 5 minutes. It could be no factor, or it could drive me completely insane. Yep. And that's that was her. And, and you know driven. what? These days, it, when I screw something up, I don't get frustrated like that. You know, that's yeah. what we're talking about. The first question. I'm like, oh my god! I I look at myself and go, I can't believe I left late yeah. to do this. I'm I'm an idiot. Yeah, I won't let that happen again. I said that in 1996, and I haven't had let it happen since. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Dang, bro. See what I mean? No, I was outside the maze of yeah. emotion. Here's the thing. I know. I know how she's feeling. Mm-hmm. Are these guys not going? Go green light. Go. It's time to go. Universal. Yeah. So I understand the feeling, but look how you look from the outside, you know? Did she check herself at all? No. When she saw you? No. She looked at to me for some emotional support. Yeah. As if you believe this guy, you know, get crazy with me kind of thing. That was the look. But yeah, man. It's like dig it. That's a, I think that's another uh understand the difference between feeling and behavior as well, you know? Like, I feel, I know that's a frustrating thing. It can be. But don't behave like that. Calm down, person. Next question. What have you learned about yourself or learned in general over the course of the last 70 plus podcasts? So the the biggest thing that I learned have learned in the past 70 podcasts is that I have a lot more to learn. <laughs> That's what I learned. Mm-hmm. And the amount of information out there that will help us get better and smarter and more effective as humans, the amount of information is is pretty boundless. And also you also see the repetitive themes yeah. that we see over and over again that c- constantly come up and reinforce themselves. Now with that, I, I think that seeing these repetitive themes, but each with its own little angle, give have given me a better, I don't want to say a better understanding, but I guess I don't know what other word to use, a more granular understanding of 
of human nature and of leadership and of war and of life because you get to learn. nothing teaches better than experience but you can't experience a thousand years of life in reality but through reading and understanding and seeing what other people have gone through you you do get some level of experience and i know you just went to you just did the the ftx with with echelon front you went to shoot some video with leif and jp and for those of you that don't know echelon front we do leadership and management consulting and sometimes we do field training exercises where we take people out and we teach them how to shoot and we teach them some fundamental tactics of fire maneuver and then we give them missions to accomplish and so you know you you i know you just went out to do your first one and when you got back you know you said i kind of felt a little bit of what it's like to be in a firefight and then you kind of backed off you're like well no i didn't i didn't you know i'm not trying to say that and i said no actually you did feel a little bit of what it is like to be in a firefight because you saw people maneuvering and you you were getting hit with with plastic rounds that hurt and you knew you needed to get down and you saw other people getting frustrated and you saw people getting flustered. That's that is is it exactly like combat? No. And there's also a, a you know the, the step up to real combat right. is huge because now you're going to die if you mm. screw up. But there is a glimpse and there is a there is a a certain level of understanding that you absolutely gain from those scenarios that you're put into. And it's the same thing when you read a book and you read it the right way and you ga- gather the information from it. You you don't have the experience itself, yeah. but there's no doubt you can learn from it. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's that's the biggest thing is really reading with a lot of intent to pull lessons out, seeing the multiple lessons, seeing the different things from different angles, and I've talked about this before. You know, when you learn an arm lock from seven different instructors, they each teach you something a little bit different and something that works and some detail that you didn't see. And then on top of that, when you learn an arm lock from the bottom and from the top and from the guard and from the closed guard and from the open guard and from this cross side and from the mount, you every one of those different angles that you learn it from, you get better. You get it, each one of those angles makes you better at the other angles too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is just learning how much I didn't know and then taking what I can bring on board and assimilating it into my view and understanding. Like I said, my view and understanding of the world, of human nature, of war, and of life. Yeah. It's been it's been fun for me yeah. and educational. Yeah, I agree. I think I mean obviously I approach this thing from a different position, but you know, the no complaining thing where people would be like, No complaining. I think that really got reinforced in me it's one of those things where what is it who said it yoda where he says either do or do not there is no try so a little bit different is either you yoda? do it yeah yoda, yoda said that in empire oh strikes from the back. star wars series empire strikes back yeah okay do or do not there is no try got it he said a lot of other cool shit but <laughs> nonetheless when um you know when you're tasked with something or your i don't know wife asks you to do something or or whatever you either do it or you don't do it. Don't do it and complain about it the whole time. You know, where the, and that's a common thing where it's like, all right, I'll do it. And then they'll do it. Then they'll complain about while they're doing it or after they do it or before they do or before, during and after that, you know. So it's one of those things where and don't even complain in your this. I'm just saying this is what I've kind of learned overall. And it, it's, it's weird because this wasn't necessarily a specific lesson. But 
it's just it kind of just gets incorporated into your brain where you just kind of don't even complain in your own head you know you know when you when you yeah. i don't know sweep Shut the floor i don't know you're like i can't believe i'm sweeping the floor what about all this other stuff that i do and all this stuff? don't even do that be like okay i'm tasked with just like how you it was you regard you compared it to um doing paperwork yeah. Where you're like, yeah, yeah, good. You don't want to do paperwork. No, no one, one in the world to do wants paperwork. to do paperwork. Yeah, but you do the paperwork and you do that. You crush it, as you say. You do that paperwork the best you can. I'm gonna crush this paperwork. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, man, if I gotta sweep the floor, I gotta, you know, wash dishes. I gotta whatever. Watch. I'm gonna do this the best I can. In fact, I take pride in that. You know, take pride, not necessarily even in washing of the dishes. I say, yeah, take pride in that, but not necessarily just that. Take pride in the fact that you're the guy who can wash the dishes that good. You know, depend on me. Hell yeah, I can do that. Give me more stuff. I'll do it more. Let me not say that last part because you have other things to do sometimes. But I'm saying anything you're tasked with, do it the best you can. For I mean, that even sounds kind of cliche. Like, oh, I've heard that. Just do everything the best you can. But to really have that happen kind of in your mind where you regard it all your tasks whether you like them or not that way where you can do them the best you can it it's man that's uh, that's a life improving situation yeah uh, yeah and going back to what i was ta- i just thought of this while you were talking general mattis he he said the other day there was an article about him because he's extremely well read and he has a personal library of 7000 books very smart very well educated very well read but what he said is very similar to what I said he said you know I wouldn't get I'm not gonna get surprised because what I'm gonna face on the battlefield someone else has faced before Mm. and he made a couple comparisons I can't think of them off the top of my head but you know when I saw this when he you know he said when I saw this for the first time I remembered this historical situation when I saw that for the first time I remembered this historical situation so I never was surprised by what I was seeing, because I had seen it before. Maybe only in a book, but at least you have a heads up. Yeah. And that's what you're looking for. And what's cool is, if you extrapolate the war, which is what we're doing on this podcast, taking the war piece of it, and extrapolating the human nature piece of it, and that's gonna give you a broad look at the way people act, the way humans act and interact. And that's what I think has been really good for me to just really the other thing is when you you know when you teach a jiu-jitsu move mm-hmm. and you get better at it mm-hmm. just by teaching it yeah. and you understand it more yeah. well for me by writing the notes and putting them in the podcast and then thinking about which direction I'm going to go and what I'm going to talk about I've learned it better yeah. you know I've become things that used to things that I may have known instinctively before and done for 10 years just like when we wrote extreme ownership there was things in there that I said uh, you know, as I was writing, what happened? I'm like, oh yeah, I did it here. I used to do it there. This is where I learned it, but I never really thought about it mm-hmm. until and and even going be, before that, when I took over the training for the West Coast SEAL teams, I would well, the first time I wrote down the laws of combat, the four fundamental laws of combat. Yeah, I had known those. I had I had acted that I had performed them mm-hmm. for years. I had never written them down mm-hmm. until I took over training and saw a platoon. And said, these guys aren't doing these things that would make them successful. Mm. Boom, I wrote them down. That was it. And once I wrote them down and started to talk about them and show guys, they made even more sense. And I saw them even easier when people would make a mistake. Mm. So it's I think it's that's what's been good for me is it's been a real great mental exercise. Yeah. 
so thanks everyone for listening and making me do this podcast once a week yeah. whether I like it or not <laughs> yeah and actually yeah and that's another thing where you know we almost went to one podcast every two weeks and and so I was just talking to a, a, a buddy of mine that's in a company that <laughs> I was talking about he was one of the few guys when we I kind of was thinking about this idea of of you know going to one podcast every two weeks mm-hmm. And we were driving same as Mike and great guy great leader and we're driving and I and I said hey You know, I'm just we were driving to go do some work was working with this company And I said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about you know, maybe doing the podcast once every two weeks instead of once a week And he was driving and I was just the passenger and, and all of a sudden, you know, he just kind of he said hey, uh, I, You know, I, I just I I, I I, 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 I don't I don't think that's a good idea and I was, I was like, oh my god you know and he was really he said look you know you can't do that you you know we're, we're, we're listening to the podcast we, we expect it to come out on Wednesday it's got to come out on Wednesday and then he was like okay and he compromised he says look if you're gonna do it then you need to you know you need to give us a war like a six-month warning so people can start to get used to it. and uh, that was one of the things that swayed me to say you know what I need to start keep hold the line on the podcast and that was the other thing what it's hard okay yeah. Hey Jocko, Mister sitting around saying, "Hey, if it's hard, do it anyways." And yeah. here I was; it was kind of hard, so I was going to stop doing hard. it. Yeah, yeah. no, mm-hmm. hold the line, Jocko. I'm yeah. talking to you, Jocko. <laughs> Practice what you preach. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fully. It's oh, it's hard. You got to read a book, and you got to online take some. Oh, so what? Do it anyways. Yeah, there it is. Bring it. All right. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's true. So you can and take that, Mike for yeah. the podcast continually coming out on once a week yep, every week <laughs> thanks Mike but it um, it w- one of the other things kind of like w- what you're saying a second ago is um, you kind of either do it and get it done like this is what uh, personally in my experience I'm speak from experience where you know uh, like uh, you'll ask about about something like hey what's the status on this or that so it's either done or it's not done like where you can't be Oh, you know, I would have done that, but you know, I did all this stuff. All that stuff after you said I would have done that, but like that doesn't matter at all. Either yeah. you did it or you didn't do it. Either you were like, you know, kind of like how yeah. Leif says, you either effective or you ineffective kind of yep. thing. And the more, and I think it's has a lot to do with just hanging around you more. Where I'd tell you about something, and you'd be like, okay, is this done or whatever? Or is this about to be done or or where are we on this? And then I'll say, oh yeah, it's done. Then it's like, okay, you have this kind of look of okay, like solid like thumbs up kind of thing. But if I say, no, not yet because of this, right when I go into because you have this kind of weird haze that goes over you, like you don't care. You're nice. You're nice. Well, and you're not like, what do you mean? You're not like that at all. But I can see the little haze go over you. Like you don't care at all about these excuses that I'm about to say yeah. or these justifications that you I'm about to make. quite well. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was early on. Now I just know it's automatic. It's like either the answer is yes or no. And if it's no, and it should have been done, then next time I see it should be done and that applies to everything and i make the analogy where nothing out the story where my brother would be like hey buy me some wine i'm like wine you ever been into wine section bro it's it's huge hey give me this wine it's called this it's called this you know it's the cabernet i don't know whatever you call them that that should be like the beef jerky section that's how big the beef jerky section yeah bro (laughs) yeah it should be but no as of now it's wine and if you go in there and you want some specific wine and it's easy to go in there and be like, you know what? This wine section is too vast. I'm either going to grab any wine I, I see 
and that's it, or I'm not, I'm not going to get it. Don't task me with this big task. I'm just going in here to get Dude, some this lettuce. this struggle is real. And, you know, <laughs> you got me treasure hunting in the wine section, and so I'm not going to do that. But I had it in my mind that I'm like, no, I mean, you, you want some wine? You want this one? All right, well, I'm going to get it. So, because when I come home. You're not playing around. Yeah, oh. when I come home, either I got the wine or I didn't get the wine. And you don't want to be the guy who didn't get the wine. No matter what I'm your excuse you. is, <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I apply that to everything. I apply that to something important, you know? Jade's wine is important, by the way. <laughs> so unimportant. <laughs> Jeez. Nonetheless, yeah. All good things we got from this podcast, I think. I would concur. Next question. Does the You know what else is cool about this podcast? What? Is people that, hearing from people that have done all made some awesome progress yeah and that's awesome that that's that's that is actually the best thing about the podcast yeah is hearing from people out in the field that got promoted got a new job moved to a leadership position lost 72 pounds gained 12 pounds of lean muscle mass you know whatever those whatever the achievement was i talked to a guy the other day that that stopped biting his nails Dang, right like you deep. don't think much yeah. of it yeah but he said he bit his nails for you know 34 straight years <laughs> and tried the little nail polish that goes on there and what? you know you you go to the hypnotist and you go to all these different things no and you know what you know what he finally said i'm not gonna bite my nails anymore right not gonna do it yeah. i'm gonna impose my will yeah Switched to and manual. Both done. Yeah. So hearing everybody that does that kind of thing is awesome. Yeah. That, yeah. that that's definitely the most that. So I guess I'm going into not what I learned, right, but this right. the general overall reward of the podcast yeah. is to talk to people that have made some significant progress in yeah. their life, and they attribute that progress to listening to the podcast, which I always reattribute when they comment about it back to them, because. Yeah. I didn't stop biting your nails. You right. did. I didn't lose seventy-two pounds. You did. I didn't get promoted. You did. Yeah. That's you. That's not me. That's you. Yeah, man. It's and so it's cool that you got a little, little, little boost. Sure. From the boost. podcast, maybe you saw something a little bit differently. That's awesome. Yeah. But you know, you out there in the field, you're the one that's making it happen. Yeah. We're sitting back here, maybe providing a little cover fire, a little yeah. cover and move going on. Yep. But and the the thing that's cool about that too is, it's it proves what we talk about on here all the time, which is the human will is so strong. Yeah. But pe- sometimes people go through their life they didn't know that they had it, right. and they so they just got to get recognized that hey, you've got this strong will yeah. that you can you can you can use. I was yeah. I was I was listening to an interview with Jack Black of. Tenacious D and he was talking about when he first discovered that he had a good singing voice and he was in high school and he tried out for some school play and then he was supposed to sing this part and he hit that note (laughs) and when he did he he said to himself like wow you know I've got this thing Mm. I got this Lamborghini I didn't know I had this I got this extra gear that I can kick into and that's exactly what he says by the way he's like I got this extra gear Mm. that's what 
I think people listen to podcasts, they all of a sudden realize they got this extra gear. They got this thing nope. that they didn't know they had because they never had it tested before, mm. never talked about it, no one ever showed it to them. They didn't recognize it for whatever reason. Mm. And all of a sudden they realize, oh, I got this human will that is stronger than my weakness. Yeah. And I'm just going to engage it. Watch this. Yeah. Nail biting? No more. Yeah, nope. Jelly donuts? Not happening. Yeah. Getting getting outworked at work? Not going to happen. Yeah. And it's... I think it's surprising because I'm one of those people, straight up, where I was surprised how much, how little actual will it took to make these little changes, oh, you know? Because yeah. and and it's good because it does like these books and stuff. It puts it into perspective where these guys are really exercising their will, yeah. you know, with these crazy things. And all that is is an, is an illustration. That's it. That it, it didn't even take me hearing that to understand that oh it doesn't take much will to do a workout when i didn't feel like it it didn't it didn't take that for me to recognize it that's that's just an illustration it took me actually doing it and being like that wasn't hard at all it seems hard and here's another reason why people don't realize it i think i was one of those people who didn't because everywhere you look you're always seeing like the 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 four uh helpful tips to stop biting your nails or the four mm-hmm. all these like external things oh, you know they yeah. hey go into a, go to a hypnotist yeah. you know go do something outside of yourself put kind some, of thing put some nasty t- tasting nail polish on your fingers yeah so it makes you not want to buy all this stuff where really all you have to do just how you always say all you have to do is do it you know you don't you want to stop biting your nails okay stop biting your nails and if you really look at it like that where like if you you would have said to me oh you don't feel like working out go work out if i would have been okay i don't feel like working out so so i'm gonna go work out and you just keep it that simple that's all you got to do right you'd be like and you're done with the workout you're like dang that was easy i'm gonna do that next time you almost kind of look forward to doing it Mm. every once in a while you like you look forward to exercising your Your will will, you know just like you get look forward to certain workouts sometimes not always Right. Sometimes I'm like, oh, good. I got squats today and I don't want to do it. But sometimes you're like, squats. I'm yeah. Get some. Yeah. So you can get the f- same feel of, yes. about e- about mobilizing your, your will. will. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly what it is. That's actually one of the reasons. I was listening to, uh, you know, Brady guys, they have that, the Trooper Project podcast. Mm-hmm. I was listening to one with um, with Arbel. Arbel, either Arbel or Arbel. Yeah, Abel. Yeah. I don't know how you say it. Arbel, yeah. I just know him from, I just know from him Israel. from, yeah, but I just know him from Twitter. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. I've never heard his name pronounced, so yeah. I don't know. Savage, big, you know. Yeah, a beast. And they Huge were yes. they were talking about, um, you know, what music you listen to in the, in the you know, when you work out and stuff to get nuts. And, <laughs> bro, I don't listen to any music. And that's one of the reasons where, well, that's why I did it. I was like, how, I'm always trying to distract myself from the pain you know, and let me listen to this music to get me fired up or to make me feel good kind of mentally and so I can get through the pain of, you know, I don't know, Metcons or, or whatever. Now you just I'm like, you know what it. I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to no music. But it turns out I like that better now because you just feel more in touch with like what you're doing. Um, but, oh, here's a here's one. So I'll do, uh, what are they called? They're kind of like front squats, but you hold the two kettlebells like this. Yeah. They're like, I forget what they're called, but... Um, so I'll do uh, 25 reps of 25. So it's hard. So when you get to about 12, you're like, oh, you got to, you know, you kind of start to hit a certain type of wall. And then when you get up to like 16, 18, you're like, oh, you know. So what as a result of that, I would play little numbers games in my mind. So I'd count backwards from six, six, five, four. You know what I mean? So you just kind of like, oh, I'm approaching the end. It'll be done soon kind of right. thing. But what I, what I started doing is like, nope, I'm going to count them one, two, three. 
three, four, five. And you'll and in the beginning, I started to feel like, dang, when I'm getting up to twelve, I'm like, oh my gosh, the pain is coming, and it comes, and you're like, dang. And then instead of playing more mental games, like let's just count down from here, because so the end is you know in sight. Nope, I'm gonna count up now. And when you count up, the numbers going up give you this weird mental picture, like the pain is coming more now, because you're you're deeper into this thing, you know. And it's like this, it's almost like mental <laughs> abuse you're doing to yourself. <laughs> but after a while, you kind of look forward to that. You kind of look yeah. forward to those higher numbers, you know. It's like bring it kind of thing, and it gets you. It essentially gets you even more fired up. Yeah, that's good. Bro, I'm telling you, embrace the the, the pain. Anyway. I agree. Does the inability of the average person to defend themselves make them more susceptible to fear generally in life? And can jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, reduce societal fear? I think this is a pretty obvious answer, but yeah, I mean, obviously, if you can defend yourself, it's going to give you more confidence in. The world and if you don't know how to defend yourself you're gonna have more fear in the world that's just the way it is and I know that jujitsu definitely gave me a lot of confidence in the world because when you're looking at someone you you at least know you're not a pushover at a minimum you you know I'm not gonna go out easy so yeah I think if you don't know how to defend yourself at all I think you're definitely gonna be more susceptible to fear that's kind of common sense and also the the thing with not knowing when you don't know about things yeah. you you are more scared of them yeah. you've been in confrontations because you're on the on the jiu-jitsu mat you're in confrontations all the time and if you do an occasionally you know occasionally you should put on boxing gloves and box and even strike during jiu-jitsu you should do that stuff so you recognize what it's like to be in a fight and then you have you'll be less afraid of the the unknown because it's known. We're always afraid of the unknown. Well, now this is known. Now, the other thing is the better you are with jujitsu and the better you are at fighting, the less apt, the less likely you are to have to use it because because people will know that by the way you're acting that you're probably not a person that should be messed with. And the other thing is I think when people actually know how to fight, they put up less of a front about who they are, about yeah. trying to act like a tough guy. Because yeah, yeah. hey, man, I'm feeling pretty good. You know, yeah. I got no problem saying hi to you. Yeah. I can I can say hi to you in the street. Like, hey, how's it going? No yeah. big deal. I'm not feeling like you're gonna take advantage of me now because I know how to fight. That's why a lot of jujitsu guys are super nice guys. You know, because yeah. they're not trying to prove how tough they are. Because you actually know how tough they are. Yeah. So I, I think that's pretty obvious. You know, uh, that's the the many benefits of. Jiu-jitsu from a personal level and then for as far as societal fear I would also say yes It's it's helpful because if you can handle yourself on a personal level, right? Then you can handle yourself in other dynamic situations and you're more aware of things and you are better at staying calm Mm -hmm. Right jiu-jitsu teaches you how to stay calm. Oh, yeah you get in a bad situation if you panic you're going down so yeah. and you get in bad situations all the time So you get used to it and you realize that you need to detach and you need to get out of your head and can't panic and can't get claustrophobic You used to get claustrophobic and you don't really get claustrophobic too much anymore allegedly <laughs> straight up and and also with jujitsu and You know mixed martial arts training boxing Muay Thai wrestling you overcome adversity You know you overcome Adversity you have to 
And so when you know how to overcome adversity on the mat or in the cage or in the ring, that's gonna help you in real life overcome Mm -hmm. adversity. So I think that those are real simple reasons why jiu-jitsu is good. If you didn't think I thought jiu-jitsu is good, I do think it's good. <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. it's good for, good for everyone. Right. Update, right? Yeah, and really, there's a lot of martial arts you could put in there. I'm talking about jiu-jitsu, but it's the same with boxing. It's the same with, with Muay Thai. It's the same with wrestling. It's the same with judo. Sometimes yeah. I forget to mention judo. Yeah. I, I shouldn't. Judo is also very effective martial art. Yeah. So I think all those things are very helpful for personal overcoming personal fear and giving people confidence and there thereby overcoming societal fears as well. Yeah, this is, this is kind of a side note with with the with jujitsu force. Let's say, and this more applies to this concept. Kind of has been coming up recently, where you know your first day in jujitsu, where you I think you and me and kind of our time where we started jujitsu we didn't look at it in terms of like pulling I didn't guard know, i didn't even know you started jujitsu in 1992 well, i'm just saying from 92 <laughs> all the way to about mm, i don't know to, to, i don't know the date but i'm saying if you like old school jujitsu where you probably started jujitsu because of hoist gracie if you're one of these people one of us that's why i started jujitsu hoist gracie one ufc one two you know where we looked at jujitsu as okay, if I get in a fight with someone, I want to be able to win the fight, even if he's bigger than me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't because oh, I want to be the next world champion. You know, yeah. concerned about how to effectively hold, you know, the most points over I somebody. Score points in this. Yeah. yeah, or when I pull guard, like the the coolest like flip move I can do, or whatever. And I'm not saying like that's what it is. No, I'm not saying that. But there, that is in the game now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes as a result of this, sometimes you can go with no jujitsu experience. You don't know about Toys Gracie necessarily. You haven't, you know, that isn't what compelled you to learn jujitsu. You just hear great things like, you know, from Jocko or whoever. And you're like, Hey, I want to go learn jujitsu. This is the best fighting thing. According to Jocko, I'm going to go see, I'm going to go see what up. And then they go in there and then let's say the first day they'll learn, um, you know, just an arm lock from the bottom or, you know, something that if you don't go in with the full context of what jujitsu is, it won't translate. You uh, know, you, you'll learn a move and you'll be like, wait, how, how am I going to go win a fight now? Yeah. You know, it's like, cool. That's a cool move. It's kind of like, you know, a guy, Hey, let me show you when you're a kid, let me show yeah. you this finger lock. Yeah. And you're like, that's cool. But, but how are you going to get my finger? Boy? Exactly. You know, like all this, it just doesn't apply to a so, fight. So, so just to answer your question, I just did a little like tiny, uh, instructional thing for some people that hadn't trained before and it was to support a charity and so it's all good but you know these people never done jiu-jitsu before and I taught them you know the mount escape right and and, and immediately you know one of the guys hey you know what happens when they do this because he's doing this right here Yep. okay so bring it back in everyone and basically you know after this happened a couple times I said here's the deal I'm teaching you a new language yeah so far I've taught you the word the. Right, right. That's the only word I've taught you, the. Yeah. I haven't even taught you I, because that would that would be a context of self-awareness, which you don't have right. any. We don't have any. Yeah. You only know the. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's all you know. Mm-hmm. And actually I shouldn't have even I should have said I just taught you the word purple. Yeah. Because it, 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 you can't the actually can apply to different things. Right. This when you just learn one thing, it, it's it's not meaningless, but it's only, it's almost, if you walk into a foreign country and the only word you knew how to say was purple yeah. in their language, it's not going to get you very far <laughs> at all, <laughs> right? It's not. No. And that's the same thing. So you're right. In the context of like a singular move, jujitsu is worthless. Right. 
Now back in the day, <laughs> when I learned five moves and knew the rear naked choke, the arm lock, the Kimura, and no one else knew anything, when you can say five different words in a world where no one can speak, yeah. you have power. Yeah. And that's the way it used to be. Yeah. Now it's not like that anymore. Everybody yeah. everybody watches UFC. Yeah. Everybody watches UFC. And so they, everyone's seen an arm lock before. Everyone's seen a rear naked choke. They, you can watch a rear naked choke and see. That's a simple move. You can see how you put that on somebody. Mm-hmm. So yes, you are correct. But if you, you got you to do more than just the context of like a singular move because that's yeah. not going to be very useful to you. Yeah. So when you, um, I, I remember watching UFC and there was a guy who would commentate, right? Kind of a nerdy guy, but he... He kind of knew. Uh, apparently, he took jujitsu, so he would kind of call it. He'd be like, "Okay, so now Hoist Gracie, he he wants to get on top right now, establish his position. Um, he can't get the takedown, so now he's pulling guard, kind of thing. And then, or he'll be like, "Okay, he's establishing position with a mount, and he's gonna he's gonna punch him until he turns over, and then he's gonna choke him. And he's calling it, and he does it right. So I remember thinking, okay, that mount position very it's very powerful. Or if he's on the bottom, you want guard kind of thing. You can see, you know, because he kind of explains. So when I f- first started jujitsu, like an actual class, I knew what guard was. Right. I knew what mount was. I knew those positions and why they're important. Where, you know, like if you're if someone's mounted on you, where Hoist Gracie would always be mounted on the person, it's like it's really hard to get out. He's going to struggle. And, and if you turn over, you're even worse situation, you know. So I kind of knew that. So I knew the actual context. And a lot of people, when they go in jujitsu, just because they hear about how cool it is, they don't have that 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 foundation going in. So I think, man, I think that I don't know if they'd ask for it or what, but I think when 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 instructors, when a new person, a brand new person, don't know zero days of yeah. jujitsu, if if they teach that, like this is the mount, this, this is, is why mount, it's important, you know, this, just yep. like how you did at the muster, where you're yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, I can, you know, I can hit yeah. you, you can hit, just like that, and then that'll provide content, and then at the end, how you taught a move, you know, yep. of submission or whatever, yep. then it's like, okay, in mount. This is one of the many things you can do. And it's like, oh, And by the I way, when it. I say many, I mean infinite. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that if you, and I guess this goes out to like anyone who, who goes into their jiu-jitsu class and learned, just happened to be on the day where you learn like some kind of arbitrary move. Given the fact that you don't know the foundation, it with the foundation, any move is going to make a lot more sense. As long as you have that foundation, the importance of mount, the importance of guard, the importance yeah. of, you know, all these other things. Um, of course, we all want to learn the submission. <laughs> What's cool submission? Who can I get this guy in who yeah, wants to fight I me? get this guy? Yeah. Another thing that people ask is, you know, well, they're, they're, he keeps pulling my hand away. I go, yeah, it's a fight. Yeah. You're fighting another person. It's not, jiu-jitsu yeah. is not magic. Yeah. I, I say jiu-jitsu is magic, but it's not magic. It's not magic. It's an actual. It's a fight. The person's going to yep. resist. You have to yep. have moves. Yeah, I didn't. It doesn't turn into magic until you have it all together. Yeah, and then it turns into magic, and then you bestow it upon someone who doesn't. You know, <laughs> yeah, it is yeah, like yeah. magic, right? It is. Man, I used to train with this little guy George. He's a purple belt when I was white belt, and man, he's he's the one who taught me butterfly guard. He was small too, and he would he'd be flying me around doing butterfly guard sweeps and like straight arm locks and stuff like from the bottom yeah I'm like bro what is this guy doing magic yeah and one time he's like someone at while we're you know how like when you're rolling you can kind of talk to people while yeah. you're rolling you know especially if you're rolling with a guy who's advanced as well because you don't yeah. have to focus on what you're yeah. doing kind of thing so 
this was an introduction of that concept where I'm rolling with George. He's carrying on a conversation yeah. with this guy. Not inappropriate. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, what did you do last weekend? It wasn't yeah. that. It was someone was asking him like, hey, like, how do you how did you do that kind of thing? He's like, well, this is what he's doing. And while we're rolling, he's kind of commentating his rolling. And he's like, so and this sets up the sweep, which I'm about yeah. to get him with. And it. Yeah. And he gets me with the sweep. And keep in well, mind, that's the small guy. That's why it is. That's why it is kind of mag- magic. Because yeah, like magic. When, if I could make this coin disappear mm-hmm. if i could actually do that that would be magic yeah if i can take your arm against your will and straighten it out and there's nothing you can do to stop it yeah it's kind of magic too yeah some, in some way <laughs> you know, i mean that is what magic is though right when when you make it make it appear it's like illusion right where you make no, 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 it no, but appear. i'm not talking about i'm talking about actual yeah actual magic yeah no such thing yeah yes, well but, yeah you know? I, I know except for jiu-jitsu <laughs> <laughs> but it does seem that way when they, they don't know when they don't exactly. know how you did that yeah how did that yet, happen yet it, yeah, oh, okay i see what it, you're saying you yeah, know what yeah. i mean so like, so it's similar to the making the coin disappear but it really just went behind yeah the knuckle or whatever it's impossible i will weigh you by 50 do it again. pounds do, yeah. it again. do it again let me see how you did that yeah watch this do it again do it again i still don't got it do it do it again do it again good Next question. Mm-hmm. Hi, Jocko. I've been listening to, your, to you ever since I first heard you with Tim Ferriss. I've been considering jujitsu. Man, jujitsu day. Same thing, yeah. Ever since hearing you guys talk about it so passionately. However, I've had a shoulder, I've had shoulder surgery, liberal tear in the past, and some issues with bicep tendonitis. And I'm worried that grappling sport, that a grappling sport might make me prone to injury again. Would you recommend jujitsu for someone like me? Thanks in advance for taking the time and providing your advice. So there's another form of jujitsu, actually, and that I don't talk about very much, but it's definitely a feasible thing for a situation like this, and that's learning jujitsu. Yeah. Right? Learning jujitsu, learning the moves, drilling them, gaining the understanding of how they all fit together, and then only sparring in like a really controlled environment. And and by that I mean highly skilled instructor that isn't going to hurt you or let you get hurt doing something stupid and that will provide you with enough resistance so that you know moves are going to work but not taking it to full on level 27 you know bloodbath battle and unfortunately this situation is kind of is very likely and I've seen this before I'm sure you have too where you get somebody that maybe they had an injury or maybe they're they they are in some job where they can't get hurt, you know. Oh right, right. And a so, surgeon or, yeah, or an older person that doesn't want to get hurt because they're in the middle. So I've seen this. People do this before. What they do is they basically take jujitsu. They take private jujitsu classes, and mm-hmm. they only roll with the instructor, and they learn moves, and they learn how to put it together. Mm-hmm. That's th- that's one way to do it. Is you just find a good now. You I've heard nightmare stories about this too, where the jujitsu instructor feels the need to prove himself, which is just pathetic yeah there's no way when you go in and you tell an instructor hey I've got a bad shoulder I've got a bad knee I've got a bad neck I've got a bad back whatever you tell them and you say look I just want to I just want to learn the techniques and 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 learn how to apply them in a very fundamental way I'm not here to compete I have no ego and I don't want to prove anything I just want to be more knowledgeable the jujitsu instructor should be more than happy to take you on board and 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 let this you know do this you can also do it if you, I mean, because jujitsu private instruction is very expensive, mm-hmm. you can also do it in a group setting. But what you have to do 
So you have to keep your ego completely in check, unlike anything you've ever tried before. Because every idiot, and by every idiot, I mean every human being on earth, all of them. You take that person, if I take a person that weighs 145 pounds, who's never trained any jujitsu or wrestling before, and I say, okay, you know, you want me to teach jujitsu here, I'm gonna put this arm lock on you. Mm-hmm. And, and I take their arm, and I say, okay, so this is what it feels like when you get arm locked. Their instinct is, well, you, how are you gonna get my arm there? You won't be able to do that, and they're gonna fight it. Mm-hmm. They're gonna fight it. Always gonna fight it. So everyone's <laughs> ego gets involved. So you have to just completely put your ego in check, because you think, oh, I'm gonna roll with this guy over here, but I'm gonna think of a little bit stronger than I'm and you just get hurt. That's how you get hurt. Yeah especially if you have pre-existing injuries. So you have to do that. You have to find the right training partners that are completely mellow and have nothing to prove and are very relaxed and, and experienced in jiu-jitsu. So if they do catch something that's gonna be a little bit awkward, they say, oh yeah, man, I'll just let you go. No big mm-hmm. deal, no big deal at all. And, and, and you do that and then you slowly, very slowly escalate over time. Once you know and understand jiu-jitsu, you start to go a little bit harder, mm-hmm. still keeping your ego in check and all that. Now, if you do that, you should be able to get into jujitsu over. I'm not a doctor. I don't know the condition of your labral tear, so I, I'm, I, I don't have the authority or the, or the, what the proper credentials, credentials to to give you the go ahead. But if you do what I just said, there's you should be okay. Now mm-hmm. the problem is that it's hard to do what I just said. It's hard mm-hmm. for everybody because everybody's competitive, and yep. jujitsu is a very competitive thing. And when I say competitive, it's mentally competitive. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. makes you think, I want to want I had these guys in the other day. These guys are, you know, senior executives learning jujitsu for the first time, didn't know anything. And I taught them, you know, how I taught them the oompa and the elbow escape to, to escape them out. I, I, I told them to go through them, like just to practice the move on each other. They do, they do f- six minutes of it. They come, I could call them back in the middle. They're sweating. You know, <laughs> some of the pairs are sweating because they were having a level seven battle. Yeah, yeah. And those, and these were again, 45, 50, 55 year old executive type people. But you that's try and how. teach them a move and they want to fight. Yep. So that's what you got to be careful of. And you know you don't want to get you know you don't want to worse your injuries. You don't want to do other. You don't want to have other sports impacted. You know you might enjoy surfing or whatever, playing another sport, basketball, and you ruin it, and now you can't play because you did jujitsu. I don't want that to happen to you. Mm-hmm. But you can do jujitsu in a controlled way that you shouldn't need to get hurt. But you need to keep your damn ego in check. Okay. Yeah, and and. Another thing that that seems obvious, I think, but apparently is not as obvious. Like you know how you have you know labral tear, especially if you had surgery. I've had yeah, if you had surgery and bicep tendonitis, these are all things that like if you do a, a, a yeah okay, you got to do a separate program. But you do rehab, like you'll improve that. Mm. Where and that's really the main thing with these injuries. You know how people will they have back or they have shoulder stuff that they get surgery, they get it fixed, and then but it's still you know what you're just gonna have that for the rest of your life kind of thing, bro. If you focus on rehab, like yeah. it's a straight up workout. Where I mean, don't push it because that's not what rehab no, is. No, you but rehab it. You rehab it, but yeah. you I tell you focus on that like it's an actual program, like a workout program. Take it seriously, um, bro. You can 
a lot of times you can get rid of these things fully, especially like uh, tendonitis, bicep tendonitis. Like I had surgery on my bicep, straight up torn off the bone surgery. So of course I'm going to be prone to tendonitis, but you just, man, you got to treat it like it's like, that's another thing of your body that you got to develop, you know, got to focus the, on the tendonitis, you know? So uh, man, I would recommend that big time where, and you'll be more compelled to do it when you find out how fun jujitsu is. And you're like, shoot, I could be like, getting after it rolling way better if my shoulder like just felt better and man you go do some extra stuff like all these little rotator movements for your shoulder because that's shoulder too fucking sarge like doing a demonstration you know sarge gets nuts sometimes doing a demonstration pulls my shoulder out which was kind of hurt from like the day before from uh remember ryan gillespie oh yeah. yeah yeah so he hurt my shoulder then sarge hurt it the next day anyway so i was jacked couldn't do any pressing whatever do those little band like you use those rubber band mm, things yeah. and i would use the cables at the gym at 24 fitness and man it br- brings it back yeah. and tendonitis same thing you can get therapy and stuff like that do that man and it'll help it so if you didn't do any kind of rehab and then you just jump into jujitsu it's like yeah you're gonna be way more yeah prone. and you know the 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 disclaimer here is like it's jujitsu yeah. it's a contact sport and you're gonna get twisted up and if you're scared of getting twisted up and you are a you know concert pianist yeah or you're a surgeon mm-hmm. y- you need to accept the fact that this is the this is a full contact sport and you can definitely get hurt yeah. you know and we have we have we have an actual surgeon, surgeon you yeah. know we got a, several doctors but we have an actual hand surgeon mm-hmm. and you know, Dr. Luke trains, gi, no gi, yeah. does it all. Full speed. And full speed, all the time. Black belt, by the way. Yeah, black belt, by the way, MMA fighter too. Yeah. But but yeah, he knows the risks. He's cautious. He tapes his finger. You know, he just. Yeah, take the precautions. But yeah, you yeah. take the precautions and then you accept that there is a level of risk. You know, yeah. I trained for 20, whatever, five years and I hurt my finger, you know. Like whatever, a couple weeks ago, Dang, bro. And, and 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 I just heard the another finger. You Dang. know, these things happen. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah. You're gonna not train. That's a that's that's a possible. It's kind of an option, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of an option, but you can train in a method that you are a lot less likely to get hurt, and you can go so far in the spectrum of not getting hurt that you that you could really get that possibility of getting hurt to an absolute minimum. Yeah, you know, that, and that's what I, I say. If you're training with a black belt instructor and you're just doing privates, and you guys have a really good understanding, your chances of getting hurt are pretty small. Yeah, yeah, fully. But yeah, if you that, if you let that keep you from doing it, I think you're doing yourself more harm than good. And that goes for anything. Yeah, that's good really. Point too. It's like, dang, if you have to go to the post office, but you're scared of the statistics of car crashes, and you, so what do you do? Not go to the post office, bro? You got to mail that thing, you know. Yeah, you got to get it done. True ne- statement. Next question. You got to mail that thing, Echo, or whatever you know, whatever the case may be. When you're stepping into a leadership role, and you have someone on your staff who's not a team player, creates clicks, goes over me and straight to my bosses when there's a problem, and whenever ha- whenever has concerns, voices them among teammates and not directly to me. How do I continue in my role? How do I assess myself and how do I tackle this problem? Biggest thing we got to do is build a relationship with that person. Mm. You know, you got to get in that person's head. You got to find out what's going on. You got to find out. You got to talk to them. You got to build that relationship. You got to talk to them about why they're going over your head. 
You, then, then you know what? When they say, well, I'm going over your head because this happens, you go, oh, I didn't know that. You know, I'm going to get that fixed. Mm. And you build up a little trust. Mm. And then they say some other problem, and you get that one fixed. Mm. And then you say, hey, man, you know what's, you know what's kind of hurts the team? Is when you're telling the team things that are negative. And if we could work together to, you know, you tell me what's going on that's negative, and then we solve the problem, we're going to do better as a team. And that's, that's my goal is just to do better as a team. Mm-hmm. And I see that you're a leader because people listen to you. And when you start saying negative things, they start thinking negatively because you're just an influential person. And, and, I, and the influence you have over people is something that is gonna be, can be very beneficial to what we're doing if you want it to be. I want you to want it to be. But you know I'm not you. You have that. I don't. So let's work, if you could, help me move this in a positive direction so our team can be more successful. That's the kind of thing I would do here. And, and the other thing is, you know, ask them straight up. Hey, what am I doing wrong as a leader? What can I do better? Where can I become, where can I make more things happen? So that way, and what you're doing is you're letting down your guard. You're letting them, give them the opportunity to hopefully be honest with you about what you're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you can give them, you know, you can correct those measures. Now, there is a possibility that this person is a jerk. And when you say, what am I doing wrong? They go back and say, hey, this guy doesn't even know what he's doing. He's just, so that's why you need to take it slowly mm-hmm. and feel the situation out and, and make an assessment of how they're going to react to these things and build a little, bit of, a little bit of leadership capital with that person before you go and say, hey, what am I screwing up? Because then it's, mm-hmm. you know, dude, Jocko doesn't even know what he's doing. He's asking me what he should be doing. Mm-hmm. So don't, if the person's a jerk, you have to watch out for that. So that's where we're going to build a relationship first. Mm-hmm. It's like building a relationship. Seems like a very common theme. Far-stretching solution. It is very much so. Uh, you, you know, if you take the extreme example of I'm a, a hostage taker, and you're my hostage, and I'm threatening to kill you. What are you supposed to do? Build a relationship with me. You want to get me to see yeah. you as a human. That's what we're talking about. It's the same thing. That's an extreme example. Yeah. But that's the same thing going on here. It's a real example, by the way. I heard this story. It was, it was on the news. I, I forget how old the girl was. It was a kid, though. A girl. A kid. Mm-hmm. And she, all she did was blab to this guy who kidnapped her, and he wound up letting her go. <laughs> there Cause, you go. Because she, she built that relationship so, with so him. So this team member that's creating clicks and doing all this negative stuff, it's because he doesn't know you. Yeah. And he's he's just going, oh, I don't know, you know, Jocko is a mystery to me. He doesn't hang out. I don't know. I, he's he's bad. Don't, mm-hmm. I, does, he just he, There's a separation. Yeah. So I'm going to close that separation. I'm going to blab to him. I'm going to build a relationship, and we're going to let that little kid go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember working in the nightclub where, you know, you have different bosses, different managers. They work different shifts or whatever. So one guy, his name is Matt Gilmore, tall, tall guy. I love that guy. He was real. I don't know for whatever reason. I could, I could, I should I could just relate to him. You know, he was just real nice. And I don't know the way he talked was kind of not funny like a comedian, but just kind of you know how some people when they talk it's just kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, every time every once in a while they'll use certain words that's just kind of unique to them. It's like oh, I like that. Anyway, really liked him. And so I was hoping, and he would usually work on Friday Saturdays, right? He was because he was kind of high up. And then there was this other guy. I'm not going to say his name. Nonetheless, it was this other guy. And this guy, he was like the full-on kind where 
he, he had this air about him where he, he, I'm the the manager of this club kind of thing. Right. And on off times, if he'd be at like a party or something that we were cruising or whatever, and he'd talk about how, yeah, you know, I'm in the office doing these sexual things with this person and just, you know, real, real douchey for lack of a better term, real douchey kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And one time he was, um, there was this rule. Long, this is a long time ago. There's this rule. You can't go upstairs. There was like three levels in mm-hmm. this club. So you can't go upstairs. It's like this high-end kind of lounge. You can't wear jeans upstairs. Mm-hmm. It's just There's a dress code. I hadn't been to that one. Yeah, no, no. You would not be welcome. <laughs> Flip-flops and shorts or no no, no, no. You won't even get in the front door, apparently. Um, so one day on my off night, I had jeans on. I went upstairs real quick just to talk to one of my friends. Cake nuts. And because he was up there. And so I was talking to him. And this guy, this manager, the one I didn't like, he was up there. And he'd be like, he was like, hey, the, the rules apply to everyone, you know, go downstairs. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I will. I'm just going to talk to him. He's like, the rules apply to everyone. Go downstairs. Like, not be nice about it at all. So I'm like, all right, whatever. That's just an example of one experience. The next week, he comes in on his night off, jeans, upstairs or whatever. And as a joke, not being a dick, as a joke, I was like, hey, you have jeans on. I was working. And he's like, he goes, he's like, yeah, well, my title has a bit more letters than yours does. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said to me. So, you know, I'm not sure where we're going with this. Uh, no, but that, I was going to say that's an example of him not building a relationship with me. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly did not. <laughs> Matt Gilmore wouldn't have said that. No. He would have either not. He would either compromised with me the first night yeah, or he would have laughed at my joke and be like, ha ha, good point, whatever. Or both. He probably would have done both. Yeah. Still friends with Matt Gilmore, by the way. Um, okay, next question. In light of recent events, what is the best course of action when confronted by an obvious abuse of authority resulting in personal injury due to an innocent person? To an innocent person. Oh, to an innocent, yeah, to an innocent person that, that occurs in one's presence. At what point is it acceptable to physically engage with the assailant? even though the assailant has some kind of authority. Sorry, that's two questions. Wait, what, what's the um, recent event? Recent event about? is the person on the airplane getting dragged off and injured oh, right. yeah. because the, it was overbooked United. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Overbooked flight. Yeah. So, and you know, obviously, I guess you could put more recent events is, you know, if you if you could have a, police officer right, right. that's doing situation. something you could have a bouncer you know I'm sure you have plenty of stories about your nightclub days besides just wearing jeans in the wrong area which you know is a big violation <laughs> but so so here's what here's here's my answer to this what do you do when one of those things happen first of all the people that are in the situation are wrapped up in the situation they're, they're emotionally mentally wrapped up in the situation the situation is escalated they're caught in a storm mm-hmm and you're not in the storm you're outside the storm so what do most people do when they see that storm going on what do most people do tell me panic no they pull out their iPhones and they start recording the situation (laughs) that's what they do that's what everyone does Mm. hey oh there's a fight going on world star let's video you know what I'm saying I'm impressed that you know about world Star. yeah well they have a lot of good fights on there that you have to watch so yeah, well, because you learn from, you see the way people act, you see some human nature in, in, in videos. So that's what people do. So what you actually want to do, instead of pulling out your video, is you want to try and get them out of that moment emotionally. You want to talk to them like a normal person, engage with them, you know, 
hey, hey, sir, you need to calm down. That's just a police officer. He doesn't mean any harm. Hey, hey, you know, officer, that that guy's not a threat to you right now. You know, just take a step back. It looks like he's trying to relax. You know, you want to talk to them, disengage them, get their yeah. heads out of those bad scenarios. Yeah. And you know, be in a calm voice. Say some things. Like I said, say something. Hey, officer, there's a lot of people that are videoing this right now. You know, just I, a lot of people saw what happened. So let's. It's. It's. You don't have to do anything else. Mm. You let's let's get this person under control. I can give you a hand. Whatever. You know. Mm. You just want to. You and and of course, what is what is their initial reaction going to be back at you? But just back away, or right. you know, shut up. You're you know, you don't know, mm-hmm. and and so you need to absorb that. Yeah. Right. Say, hey, look, I, I'm not I'm not giving you any threats at all. I'm just here to help out. I don't want to see any trouble. Don't want you to get in trouble. You just want to talk to people and get them to get them out of that emotional storm that they're in. Yeah. Both sides, mm-hmm. both sides, because it's a really nasty situation. Mm-hmm. You know, when you don't listen to me, when I start to hurt you, when I grab your your wrist, let's say like one of those like uh, police pain compliance type moves, Mm -hmm. I grab your wrist and I start to twist it. You as a human being, the natural instinct, some people might have the instinct to comply, but a lot of people have the instinct, if you grab me and start hurting me, I'm gonna pull away. Yeah, Okay, you're resisting. Now you're resisting, so what do I need to do? I need to go harder. Well, the harder I go, the more you resist. And you see where this is going. Next thing you know, I'm beating you in the head. (laughs) Because I don't know how to use a, a chokehold, unfortunately, because in some areas, chokeholds are illegal. Mm. So, again, as the outsider, you want to pull them out of that. You want to talk to them. You want to get them to see that outside of the emotional storm that they're in, both sides, both sides are in an emotional storm. Physical intervention you know now we are talking like this is a serious step you start mm-hmm. stepping into these scenarios you don't you know you want to be very very careful about stepping mm-hmm. into these one of these situations and even that physical escalation should be uh, or physical intervention should be just with the sole purpose of of de-escalating right mm-hmm. you're not walking over and you know grabbing a guy no hey you know it's like a hand on the shoulder hey sir mm-hmm. hey officer hey you know tsa agent or whoever you are hey let's just calm down Let, you want me to give you a hand getting this person under control you know you, you don't want to get these people to where now you become because as soon as you do that you just enter the storm yeah. You you're part of the storm now. Yeah. Even though you're trying not to be, you're 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 entering the storm. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be very very cautious about what you're doing there. And you, you know what would I do in a situation where I saw someone getting you know beat to death? You know I'm gonna do what I just said. You know now might I go a little bit further because I have a lot of experience and maybe I can handle a situation and de-escalate it physically. Yeah. And you know you see this sometimes where something will be escalating and innocent civilians will come and help uh, an officer secure a yeah. person. So th- those there's ways to do it. Yeah, you just got to be very very cautious when you do those when you do that because uh, the the other piece of this is, and, and again you see this on on YouTube, you don't know what happened to get to this point. You mm. don't know who that person is, who the perpetrator is, right? The perpetrator might look totally innocent, but you don't know any background. So when you start stepping in there, you might be stepping in there to defend a person that just shot a person or a person that just yeah. you know, got caught doing something or a person that really did resist the cops hard and do, do some damage. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know 
And I'm generally going to side with a, with a police officer, right? I mean, the, the police officer, I'm I'm respecting that they that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And so to step in there and start making something happen is is not going to generally work out in a good way. Yeah. Um, maybe you can ha- help them get the perpetrator under control, but um, yeah, to to make the assumption that because a cop has escalated to a point of violence that the cop is an out of control crazy cop, yeah. it's not an accurate assumption. Yeah. Most likely, that's the wrong assumption. Yeah, you know, cops are not walking around waiting to 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 beat the crap out of people. That's not what they're doing. They don't want to do that. Yeah, when it happens, it it's something something has generally led up to it. When we see it in a case that isn't like that, that's why we see it because right. it's now news. Yep, it's now news. Yeah, so be very very careful about that. Again, you know. Most of the time, you know, just try and de-escalate it verbally. Ask if they need any assistance. Ask if you can call nine one one for them and get more assistance for them. Ask if they need any help. Talk mm-hmm. to that. You know, do that. Take that approach. If you have to physically intervene, especially if you have some experience, you know, let them know what you're doing. Do you need any help? Do you need any assistance? That type of thing. And I'm sure we'll get some feedback from from some cops on this one. Yeah. And it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like when, when I was back to the bouncer situation when guys would you know a fight would break out so in a club when a fight break breaks out is more chaotic than you know in the street when you see two guys fighting so it's a little bit more dangerous when you jump into the fight to try to break it up because if you just jump in and grab the guy the guy doesn't know if you're trying to break up the fight or if you're For a sure. guy you're friend, just you know? another attacker yeah exactly right so he's gonna start swinging or whatever um and that's not to mention any of that guy's friends who sees you do that in the dark you know all this you know the dark nightclub right. lights whatever so well, he might hit you whatever and then you know bottles can be it, it can be dangerous so if you jump in there with before you even touch the person you you're already saying Break it. What I would always say is either break it up or, or calm down. Like calm down, yeah. guys. Break it up. Break yeah. it up before you even touch them. And they hear that. So when they feel you, they don't feel a punch. Got it. It's like calm down, calm down. And they feel you kind of. It's more of a light given uh, compared to the the guy who he's fighting with. It's not a punch. It's not a wrestling move. Nothing like yeah. that. It's like you're breaking it up. And you just gave me a good reminder too. If you're on the outside and you see something like this going on, like if you're on that plane, and you see this this uh, this passenger getting roughed up. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, 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 passenger, just calm down. Do what they're telling you to do. Right. Just do what they're. Just comply with what they're doing to do. Yeah. You know, just relax. Let them cuff you. Just relax. You know, you can take. You know. Uh, Definitely heard uh, cops say this. Actually, I heard the, the the guy that was on Sam Harris's podcast. Like, if you want to got an issue with what a cop's doing to you, bring it to the court. Right. Let your lawyers handle it. Yeah. Don't handle it right there because right. you're going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose that situation. You're going to yeah. end up hurt. You're going to end up injured. It's going to be a bad scenario. Yeah. So same thing. Tell the tell you know if you see someone getting getting roughed up, then hey. Hey man, we're all watching. Just comply. Just do what they're telling you to do, and take it up to with a lawyer later. Just try and get that person to calm down, because yeah. that's you know, chances are, you know, the police officer he's arrested thousands of people, yeah. put his hands on thousands of people. Mm-hmm. That person that's getting roughed up, they, they haven't. They've not yeah. been arrested. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can guarantee you that United passenger probably never been arrested in his life. Mm-hmm. So here he is. And like I said, you start to pull me, I'm going to resist. Mm-hmm. I don't. People don't pull me. Nope, don't pull me. Boom, boom. Now all of a sudden right. we got an incident going on. 
So instead of someone saying, hey, listen, just listen to what they're telling you. You need to just calm down. You don't want this to get any worse, that type of thing. Yeah. Talk to people and get them to detach a little bit. Yeah, and obviously the United situation isn't isn't this real linear situation where it's like, hey, that's the passenger's fault. He should have just went with them kind of thing. Sure. You know, I mean, there's all there's dynamics. Yeah, and I, in honestly, this. all I know about, I don't know anything about it other than I saw the guy getting dragged out of the plane. That's what. That's the only part yeah. I saw. A guy getting dragged out of the plane, and I saw the good Gracie, uh, the Gracie the breakdown, breakdown <laughs> of that of how to how to defend yourself in that yeah. situation. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was. It's a, it's just a long story. He was. He, there was that does apply. You know, if you're getting arrested or 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 taken off the plane or whatever. And you choose to fight for your rights right then and there, hey man, that's a battle that you're gonna, you gotta do that, you know, and there's consequences to that. What do you mean you gotta do that? It's like, you ever heard the expression, if you wanna be a gangster, you gotta do gangster stuff? Okay. It's actually gangster shit, but. But, but, but you're not, you're not advising. I'm saying if you want that beef, then you're gonna get that beef. Okay, is that what makes I'm saying. sense. Yeah. So, so yeah, do it. But like I said, especially with like the, the cops, if they're arresting you and you're like, hey, you violated my rights, so I'm going to fight you right now for my Don't rights. Yeah. <laughs> if you want that beef, okay. But it's you're going to be more, you're going to be safer, first off, and more effective if you fight for your rights administratively later. Yes. You know? And um, so nonetheless, uh, kind of on a tangent there, but um, the, oh, the cop, uh, when you're, helping the cops or whatever it's the same way as if you're a bouncer you kind of identify yourself kind of thing just like how you're saying and it is easy i think to and they call it availability bias right it's easy to be like oh these cops are beating this guy up and i see this on youtube all the time where the cops just beat up these guys you know so these are bad cops or whatever but it's like anything where when you how you say it made the news because it's this bad cop situation it's in your mind you know all the good cops and the legit arrests all that they're not on the youtube millions of they're not on youtube yeah <laughs> exactly and even if they were that doesn't stick in your mind yeah, they, they that's wouldn't like have any views. business as usual you like, know oh, like yeah, okay, here's whatever. an exciting video of a police officer doing his job yeah okay yeah no yeah. one wants to watch that they right. want to see somebody screwing up and they forget about it it's, it's totally not in their mind so yeah anything screw you know being screwed up or anything that just has this emotional impact on their mind they're going to think is like way more common than it really is so I think it's important to kind of keep that in mind always. You yeah, know? Absolutely. Next question. If you have a subordinate that hasn't improved after talks and instruction, but can't, but you can't fire them because of a union, what do you do? I'm going to find something that they're good at and I'm going to get them to focus on that. And I'm going to, you know, as a leader, that's what you're trying to do as a leader. You got to make your team members. If you got team members that you that you can't get rid of for whatever reason, and they're not quite doing what they should be doing, or they're not up to speed, what can they do? What can they offer to the team? Hmm. When I find out what you can offer to the team, I'm going to have you focus on that. That's the way it is. Hmm. If there, if that causes some kind of disruption because you know Echo can only move ten bricks a day, and everyone else is moving two hundred, and so now everyone's all mad because Echo's not working and not carrying his load. Well, I'm gonna, you know, well, number one, I'm gonna look for a job for him where he's no one sees him car- not carrying bricks, right? Hey, instead of doing that, you're gonna organize the bricks over here. Right. You're gonna count. You're gonna count bricks because you're weak. <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna be the brick counter. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna change it up. I'm gonna find out what they can do. That's what. That's what you have to do as a leader. And by the way, I'm not gonna give up on them. 
I might not I might not invest a ton of time, but I'm gonna keep saying, hey, you know, if you wanna move from counting bricks to moving bricks, this is what you gotta do. Mm. Here's what you gotta do. You gotta keep working, you gotta keep getting stronger to work on your deadlift. <laughs> work you know, get a little bit stronger so you can carry more bricks. Mm. So it's you know, and that happens. It doesn't just happen because of unions. It happens for all different kind of. It happens in the military. You mm. can't you you get a, a guy that he's in a situation where yep he's not going to get. We're not going to let him go. Yeah. You know, we've got to keep X amount of people in country. Okay, so this guy's one of the people in country. We're not allowed to get rid of him. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, what can he do? Maybe he can count bricks. Then I'm gonna have him count, be the best brick counter we got. Yeah. You might have to do a little isolation too. You know what I mean? You might have to isolate them a little bit. Yeah. Again, because you don't want people thinking, oh, Echo's over there, you know, in the air condition and he doesn't do doing carrying his load and so that can mm. cause problems. Yeah, and Jocko's just letting it happen. Yeah, Jocko's letting it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so you might have to, you gotta you gotta figure this out. How do you isolate them a little bit? How do you make sure that they're working, you know? Maybe you can only count bricks, but whenever you were working more hours, you know, yeah. or doing some other thing to make up for your slack in the brick carrying category. Yeah. Interesting. Bottom line, as a leader, when you get somebody that doesn't quite do what they need to do and you can't get rid of them, find out what they can do and take advantage of it, use them to the best of their ability for supporting the team. Yeah, it kind of seems like, I mean, given what you just said, that, I mean, this might dumb it down too much, but it's... A situation where you are making the best of it, right? Exactly. And what I found in life, when you make the best of something, you don't get plagued with all. Because let's say the two scenarios: one, you're making the best of it; two, you're not. So when you're not, it's going to be burdening, burdening you every day. Echo's only moving ten bricks. That's going to bother me every day. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to, by the way. You're still going to move the same amount of bricks. We're going to get the same amount of work done: ten bricks, hundred bricks, two hundred bricks, whatever. But meanwhile, you're getting tortured all day. Because you're, that the fact that Echo's not moving as many bricks or he's in the air conditioning room, whatever, that's bothering me every single day. But if you understand that we're making the best of this situation, that's not going to bother you. Yeah. We're making the best of it. Yeah. It's the best situation. Very true. Better attitude. Yeah. Make the best of the sitch. Next question. Ego is the enemy. Can you take that too far? I can joke about myself all day and be okay. But also, I don't want coworkers not to take me seriously. So that's actually kind of two questions. It's talking about ego, and it's talking about joking around, right? right those right. are those are two different things, like, a little bit, like self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, can you can you be too humble and put your ego in so much check that it hurts you? Yes, actually, you can. Mm. You know, hey, Echo, how's it going? I'm in charge. Um, I'm really horrible at this. You know, I just don't know what I'm doing, right? That, that's not right. good. I, yeah. You know, it's like I said to the the Marine Lieutenant, right? Am I telling him to go in into check in and say, "Hey guys, I, you know, I just don't I just got here, just got out of the basic school. I don't know anything, right. really." Yeah. Do you want to follow that guy? No. Mm-hmm. No, that's not what I'm talking about. So, so can you be overly humble? Yes. Like I said, it's okay to admit that you don't know everything, but that doesn't mean don't be well prepared. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean don't be confident that you can figure things out. That doesn't mean you can't ask good questions, right? It doesn't mean that you don't report in without knowing the nomenclature and the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's going to, you know, I, hey, Jocko just checked in, but he knows what our mission's been. He knows what our mission statement is. He knows wh- how our basic process is. He already looked at all that. He knows everyone's name. Yeah, I'm prepared. Yeah. I'm prepared. So that's what you want to be. That's not saying I, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I just got here. No, no, that's not what we're talking about. So don't be overly humble. Most people. The reason I talk about the other one of be humble all the time is because most people tend towards letting their ego be inflated. That's what mm. most people tend towards. Mm. So I tend to talk more about, hey, keep your ego in check when you are checking. Because most people, they're so scared of looking bad. They say, well, I know how to do this. Right. right. Never seen it before. I know how to do that. Yeah. Never seen it before. Mm. You're going to look stupid. Hey, guys. Mm. Hey, I've been put in charge of this. I know you guys have been doing it for a while. Looking forward to learning from you on how you execute it and and driving forward and keeping kicking ass in this mission. Does anyone get mad at that? No. Mm-hmm. It that's a lot different than, hey guys, I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. too much. Yeah. So don't go there. Be humble, but not not passive. Put your ego in check, but don't turn into a baby. Word of the day. <laughs> Uh, the second part of this is a question about joking around too much and that's you know that's different from too much ego and absolutely you can joke around too much now of course and we've talked about this a good team and a good leader they're having fun they're having fun with everything that you're doing and I always had fun I always had fun I still have fun all the time I'm having fun but if all you do is joke around all the time, then when it comes time for the joke to be over, people won't take you seriously. So that will be problematic. You know, I had a rule that was no joking on the radios, mm-hmm. right? So if you were on a radio, you weren't allowed to take, make jokes. No joking on the radio. And what's cool about because you know, in task, you know, bruiser, when I was a platoon commander, when I was assistant platoon commander, we had fun all the time. We laughed, we joked, we had a blast with everything we did. No joking on the radio. You see what I'm saying? That was a law. No Mm. joking on the radio. And what was good about it was, as I think back to that, what that translated to was we're not joking around in the field. And that expanded like when we're briefing, we're not joking around. It was a very clear distinction. Uh, Of course, did people have, did things happen out in the field sometimes? We're like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Of course that happened. Mm -hmm. But the general 99% of the time, 95% 95% of the time was, hey, we're in the field, we're working, we are serious, that's the priority. Mm. Uh, did we have fun in the field? Yes. Did I laugh in the field? Yes. Mm. But the priority and this norm was we are going, we are serious and we are. that's the priority. Mm-hmm. So don't joke so much that you don't get taken seriously. One time I was with a senior ranking officer, a flag officer, meaning an officer with stars, mm-hmm. And we went to go brief. I, I wasn't attached to this unit, but they went to go brief this unit. Or, or we went to go receive a brief from a unit. And in the brief, in a PowerPoint slide, these guys had put a slide in that was an inappropriate slide. And it was a crude joke. Mm. And it was really funny. <laughs> I, I thought it was really funny. You know, yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny that these guys did that. You know, I saw the slide, they had it up there, and it was completely inappropriate. And, and and vulgar, right? Mm. That's what it was. They didn't know this general at mm. all. And he was a very straight-laced guy mm. and didn't appreciate that kind of humor. Mm. And they 
they, they, they had like the welcome slide. The next slide that came up was this inappropriate, vulgar slide. What was it? What was it? It, it was. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. It was. It was. It was. It was inappropriate. I'll leave it at that. And, and you know, it was like there was a chuckle in the room. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there was nothing but silence in the room. Yeah. And you could feel the discomfort. And, and, and since, I, like I said, I thought it was funny. And I knew it wasn't going to go over well. As soon as I saw it, I said, ooh, yeah. this is not good. And the reason I'm telling this big, long story is because I have another rule. Don't put jokes into your slides in PowerPoint. No jokes. Because you can can articulate the joke because you can feel the room out. You can see what's going on. You can get a a taste. You can get a feel for them. (laughs) If you you walk in, if if they would have had a chance, if I could have said freeze the first slides up, you've you've met the general here for for five minutes, do you want to remove that slide? They'd be like, oh, absolutely. Let's get it out of there. Because they could see that he was a serious guy and, and not, you know, one to be, that, that wants to be seen, that kind of thing. It didn't take, it wasn't hard. It was a pretty easy book to read. Yeah. But you don't have that opportunity. There was no, hold on, we're going to delete this slide. Yeah. No, there it was. Boom. <laughs> welcome. It was the, it was after the slide of, you know, this is where we are. Right. It was the welcome slide. And I said, ooh. So, no joking on the radio. No joking in your slides. Keep your slides clean. And and the, the risk benefit, mm-hmm. you tell a good joke, hey, that's great. You get, you know, two credits. Right. If your joke is bad and considered inappropriate, it's negative 39. I know, Brian, So, it's it not lasts. worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. And again, I'm all about, you know, you you want to have fun. When you're briefing, you want people to be entertained and have fun. But yeah. you don't want to have inappropriate stuff. No. Yeah. So that's that. For both these for both these things, am I joking too much or am I being too serious? Am I, you know, is my ego too big or am I being too humble? You it's a balance. It's a dichotomy of leadership and you got to find the right spot in the middle and you got to mm. check yourself and you got to you know, uh, if your team is joking when they shouldn't be joking, guess what? You're leading them the wrong direction. Yeah. If your j- team is somber and doesn't have any spirit, mm-hmm. you're not having good enough time. So you got to find the balance there. Same thing with ego. You know, mm-hmm. are people talking with you and communicating with you and being open with you and telling you when they disagree with things, or is no one talking to you? Because mm-hmm. if that's the case, your ego is so big that they don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So find the dichotomy of leadership. Find the balance between those two. Dang, that's a good one. If if they're um, if they're not talking to you, you know, yeah, because you know how in, at work you're talking with your friends, you know, yeah. and then somebody comes, that person comes, who you're like, oh, you know, yeah, for whatever reason, them. you're not necessarily talking about them or yeah. nothing, but they come and you're kind of, you got to stop your conversation, you know, yeah, that's like a little indicator, you know, if you roll up to you see people across the room talking, and you're like, hey, that looks like a cool conversation or whatever. Or I'm going to go say hi to Paul, whatever. And you go and they stop talking and they stop like laughing. They just stop talking and they give you like small talk or whatever. Yeah. That's that's an indicator. Yeah. Yeah. It's an indicator. It could be actually either one of those two. If people are having a good time and you walk in and they stop laughing, yeah. all of a sudden you say, okay. And if you, you walk in and they're having a conversation that they don't, they just, you know, don't want to talk to you. You're, yeah. They're probably, they probably don't like your big ego. That's yeah. slapping them in the face. Something. Put your ego in check. Yep. Well, we got time for one more. One more. Jocko, do you ever get worn down by everything you're trying to do and the things going wrong and things not working and having to work so hard only to come up short? 
What do you do then? Of course. I mean, of course, of course, I get worn down. Of course, I get frustrated with stuff. Of course, things don't always go my way. And of course, I come up short sometimes. Of course. But what do I do when those things happen? I keep going. It's it's really that simple. I put one foot in front of the other. I move forward another inch, another centimeter. I write one more sentence. I I place one more brick on the wall. I got through one more workout. I I step out onto the mat one more time. Because, Because worn down isn't beaten. And frustration is not gonna kill me. And the things that don't go my way, they just turn into targets that I'm going to attack harder. And when I do come up short, it's okay, because I just learned one more thing that's going to get me over the top. So at those moments, at those low points, those times when it seems that defeat is starting to get the upper hand, you don't need some grand plan. And you don't need a pep talk. And you don't need a miracle. You just need to keep going. Keep going. Just keep going. And don't stop regardless of what you are hit with. Because if you don't stop yourself, then nothing else can and nothing else will. And I think that's all I've got for tonight. So, Echo, yeah. why don't you go ahead and talk about how we can support this podcast, if we want to. If we want to. <laughs> and support yourself if we want to, which we do, by the way. So, we talk about on it, on it, supplements, physical and mental, by the way. So, I think, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we failed to mention this or we just been mentioning it a little bit less, which is... Alpha Brain. We haven't talked about, I feel like we haven't talked about Alpha Brain that much recently. Been taking it, by the way, <laughs> but not talking about it. Um, this is good. Okay, so it's a nutri, they call it nootropic or nootropic? Something like nootropic, that. Nootropic, something like that helps your brain. Nutrients yep. to your brain, boom, directly. So two forms, the instant, it's like powder, you mix it up with your Gatorade, 
Yeah. Or whatever. Whatever. Drink, no, you don't need drink. to mix it with Gatorade. It doesn't. You, you, you can mix it on its own. Right, right. There's two flavors, by two? the way. Oh, yeah. Dang. There's peach and then there's natural spice. And Dig it. the two flavors taste exactly like what they sound, what they're named. <laughs> Nat peach <laughs> tastes like peach. Yeah. And natural spice, got yeah. a little natural spice kick to it. But it's also, it's got a little peach, but it's got a little natural spice. Too. Right. <laughs> natural, was one? Oh, dang, I didn't know there's two flavors. Yeah. I have both. What is this one? This one is oh, that's, this one is natural spice. That's okay. natural spice. Yeah, dig it, boom. But they have they 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 taste sweet, right? So you don't need to mix it with Gatorade, and you shouldn't be right. having Gatorade anyways because it's just a bunch of sugar and right in water. Maybe not a bunch, but we'll say some. <laughs> some electrolytes in there. Nonetheless, mix it with whatever you want, man. Um, or just pour it into your mouth. It's powder. That's the thing compared to the capsules. Yep. Whatever you like. You know the the powder one is called instant, so it goes to your brain quick quicker. That's just an assumption. Nonetheless, here this is what it does, which is cool. So you know how like you know how you're talking to somebody and you blank out on some something like somebody's name. No. <laughs> Whatever. Bro. It already happened do. today. Yeah. It happened today because you gave me a word. Yeah. I don't think that's happened uh, before. Wait, oh, uh, before we were recording. Yeah, be, no, yeah. no, while we were recording live. Acquaintance. I couldn't, yes, acquaintance. I didn't have enough alpha brain. No, that was to, before we were recording, I think. No. All right, well, there it is. Either way, so. that's what it does. You need more alpha brain now. No, I think you do. I think I'm I'm right because I took two of these and I think that, that I'm correct. Nonetheless, doesn't even matter because what it does is it makes you do that like way like Actually, you don't even do it. And I'm, I don't, I mean, maybe that's a deficient, something about some kind of deficiency when that happens. You know, when they call them brain farts. I'm yeah. having a brain fart. You know, you don't get brain farts. It's a cosmic shame. It's like no. gas X for your brain, essentially. You know how like gas X, you, you know what that does, right? So you don't, you don't do that. You don't have to think of words anymore. They just come, boom, for real. Now, I don't want, I kind of don't want to bring this up, but I will anyways, because I don't want to give people bias what I don't you can tell me what cognitive bias sure. this is but if you heard people like your brother Jade who says when he takes alpha brain his dreams get all crazy yeah. yeah so that's another thing that I and I've I've seen I've talked to other people that that get more vivid dreams right with the alpha brain yeah so that's another thing just to be aware of yeah now just I, I don't want to what kind of cognitive bias is that that's not a of availability bias because I said it and now you're waiting for it and so now you have a vivid dream and you think it's the alpha brain that's what oh, I mean oh right right that's like that's a placebo effect yeah I guess but you're attributing it to something you're attributing it to alpha brain oh yeah huh so anyways there, that is a bias though, you sure. may notice that your dreams become more vivid yeah. I, I don't notice it but yeah. I've heard some people say it. I think yeah. I heard Joe Rogan talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I heard a bunch. And Jade is one of those people. Yeah, Jade who said definitely. Said he it. said it before I even heard anyone else say it. He was like, "Oh, that's like a good thing." He mm-hmm. didn't. It wasn't a complaint, too. That's the thing. Lucid dreaming. Lucid dreams. <laughs> but yeah, I I like. I the, don't have lucid dreams. I have savage nightmares. <laughs> is what I have, and I wake up in a pool of sweat, <laughs> and it's bro. just uh, get some an alpha brain fueled savage nightmare. Yeah, don't need that. Yeah, we're not gonna visit that one. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen to you, but the benefit that I am going to claim, and this, and it's proven too, by the way, in a double-blind placebo test, official alpha brain helps with your like recall, like your memory and all that stuff, which that's essentially what it is when you think about it. Yeah. When you Can't forget little word, that yeah. one word, boom, that recall, boom, 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 it's just firing. That's how, alpha brain. So yeah, if you're about to do something where you got to think and talk a lot, which is everything, everything 
get on that alpha brain, man. You'd be glad you did. I I took what I used to do a lot. So before I, before I knew how to switch to manual mode, regardless, <laughs> I would take a pre workout and alpha brain, hmm. and it helped. It was money, yeah. Actually, got one of my better workouts on that little formula, so I just kept doing it. But you know how you do something over and over again, whether physiologically or otherwise, you just you tend to lose that. Yeah, it's like if you take caffeine all the time. Yeah, I and, guess. Yeah, in a way, it's although the same they, thing. Although yeah. they say alpha brains like take it all the time. Right, take it on the regular. Let yeah, it be in the blood. Yeah, so mine more less <laughs> had to do with like the the direct effect of alpha brain in my memory and recall. It was more about the kind of workout I got. You know, that's so, placebo, by the way. It, maybe, <laughs> maybe not though. That's the thing. Or maybe I was just thinking of more cool stuff. You know, so it was more enjoyable mm. workout. Could have been that. Perhaps. Maybe. Maybe not. Nonetheless, we can stick to the evidence and the proof. You'll recall stuff better. Memorize things better. It's good. All day, every day. Um, Also, I got that strong bone. Remember a few weeks back, I was like, hey, what the hell is a strong bone? Now you have the facts. You're all on that. Yeah, I have the facts. Strontium. It's one of those things. Here's the thing, too. You read the thing. So calcium, is that's the the flagship element. Mineral, element, whatever. Calcium, that's the one that gets all the credit for your bones. It's like, you know, the strontium is like the stepchild, like as far as recognition, (laughs) but strontium is super important and you lose that, you know, when you get old and whatever. But that's what, that's what strong bone is. Yeah. You think. Strontium. Yeah. You think it's strong bone, makes your bones strong, which I think that's on purpose too. It's like a little play on words. You think so? Really? (laughs) Aubrey, he's smart like that. Anyway, I take that strong bone. I, I did it because, as you know, I got bicep surgery. Tendon on my bicep ripped off my bone. So if I'm still lifting, I still do curls. Whatever, I said it. <laughs> I don't need that thing ripping off. I don't need tendonitis. I don't need problems. I don't need issues. I got on that strong bone. Also, I take krill oil. Jocko, do you take krill oil? Affirmative. I think you've been taking krill oil longer than I have. Decades. And when I say I think, it means I know. Yep, long time. Even though I've been hearing about great things about krill oil from day one. So anyway, on the krill oil, that helps with joints. It gives you this feeling. I said this before. I will say it again. It gives you this feeling where, and this is physically, it's not emotionally. Feelings are emotional, just FYI. Yeah. No, feeling though. If I flick your finger, you're going to feel okay, that. true. Yep. So this I is. I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah. No, no. All good. All good. You feel like. Like if you're sitting down for a long time and then like you, right you now? stand up. Yeah. While so, you talk about on it. When I stand. <laughs> when I, bro, when I stand up, well, you're on krill oil, so you, this applies yeah. to you too. When we stand up, if Greg Train was here, like we were like a few weeks ago, if Greg Train was right, he wasn't on the krill oil, we all stand up after the same amount of time, two hours-ish, he will be compelled to be like, oh, make that sound. Not crazy but he'll be compelled to make that sound whether he makes it or not he's gonna feel like making it me i won't you you won't krill oil makes your joints young again for lack of a better term (laughs) anyway it helps though yes but if in all seriousness if you are like lifting weights going hard yeah take krill oil yeah take the krill oil it'll i mean where would one get it do that on it.com if you want 10 percent off you go on it.com slash jocko it's the best krill oil, too. That's the thing. You can get lame krill oil anywhere. Maybe not anywhere, but in <laughs> other places, we'll say. But the real deal, the good stuff, is on it. 
you don't want to get lame krill oil from no. lame krill. Yeah, <laughs> you want like, the, the the hardcore bro, krill. It's true. Do you know how like um like acai berries? Yeah, you know, like you know you you can get junk acai like the reject acai and paid like cheaper. Actually, this you the krill oil stuff. is actually super good price anyway, and you get ten percent off. From on dot com slash Jocko. That's the ten percent off part. Nonetheless, back to the acai berries. You can get the junk kind and try to taste junk acai berries and then taste good acai berries. Bro, the difference is like you can tell the difference big time. It's like night and day. Same thing with the krill oil. Take the good one, man. Forget the lame one. It's just my opinion. Anyway, good another good way to support podcasts. Amazon click through. All you do before you do any of your Amazon shopping. Click through the website, jockospodcast.com. I got a little hint from somebody in the field that said, hey, when you tell people to do Amazon click through, mm-hmm. what you should tell them is to tell their significant other to click through. Hmm. For instance, in my case, my wife buys more things on Amazon than I do. I'm in the game, mm-hmm. I'm supporting the podcast, sure. but. What if my wife doesn't know about the click through? Right. She needs to get in the game. Yeah, double so, the support right there. Don't just you do it. Get your family, get your wife, get your your husband. Right. They're not in the game, get them in the game. Yeah, huh. Cuz a lot of times yeah, that. a lot of times the the other spouse is buying the stuff on Amazon. Yeah. And they don't know how to support you. Right. They don't know about that website. Or they're just less compelled or they forgot. Yeah. And you don't really technically you don't know if they forgot or not, you know. If you're clever, heard this from Sam Harris. I knew this already, I'm gonna be honest, but I heard it to reinforce it where some people they will click through. And before they do the shopping, they get that little URL, boom, save it to favorites, save it to, to what do you call it? Bookmarks, bookmarks the tab yeah. on the top. So boom, it's it's there, it's a, it's in the front of your head now. It's a good way to support. Small action takes what, three seconds? If that. If that, yeah. And huge support. It's like huge reinforcements. Enforcements actually that's how strong support it is small action big reaction Yep, like sodium when you throw it in water anyway <laughs> subscribe to the podcast If you want iTunes couldn't help Stitcher, yourself could you? Google Play <laughs> bro, that's the best example you can think of okay. really uh, well, You don't need to say anything else man. You said it. We're good over here. Yeah, I can't think of a better <laughs> one Subscribe if you want. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all these podcasting providing platforms. And, you know, you'll get on the list, you know, you click on my podcast, boom, automatic. It'll it'll be there, the new one, updated every week. So you can just click play. You don't got to do the search anymore. You know, when you do that, you go on there and you, hey, let me see this podcast. You got to search podcast. You got to type it in on your, your little phone. It's actually not that big of a deal, but it'd be even less of a big deal. If you subscribe, you just click on my podcast, boom, updated automatically right there. So uh, subscribe to the podcast. That's a good way to support. Leave a review if you're in the mood. Chocolate said something extra dope. You're like, hey, I liked that. Leave a review. Feel free. Like, no, I don't want, what do you call that? Muzzle, like what you put on the dogs to That's stop them the from. Muscle. Yeah. Yeah. We're not trying to muzzle anybody. Funny, I was thinking about a muzzle over here for some reason. Too. <laughs> <laughs> See? See, and it's good that you exercise a no muzzle policy, and I think that policy should extend to anyone who's listening and want to support this podcast. That's what I think, and apparently that's what you think too. And I like that. Obviously, 
Yeah. So subscribe. Also subscribe to YouTube. Yeah, we have a YouTube channel. I know. I say it every week. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it this week. We have a YouTube channel. Video version of this podcast is on the YouTube channel, which is cool. Obvious, right? But with strong recommendations from Jocko, from others online, they recommended that you cut out little excerpts, put them on YouTube, even make a playlist, which I did and did. I did all of that stuff. So there's excerpts on there. If you want to listen to three minutes of Jocko's opinion on what gym, what home gym, what what equipment makes a good home gym, you want to listen to that. Boom. It's available right there. How should I approach college? Boom. Jocko's advice right there. So these excerpts, I think they're, they're actually the more I kind of look at them and stuff, I think this is a valuable situation. You can share them easy and people are way more likely to listen to little excerpts and the whole thing if you're trying to get one, uh, you know, element of the podcast. So, yeah, YouTube, subscribe to that. Good way to support. Good way to support. Also, Jocko has a store called Jocko Store. If you want to wear T-shirts and represent, we got some new ones. We got a new one on there. Um, But regardless of new ones, old ones, whichever, just go in there. See if you like one. Get one. Good way to support and boom, t-shirt. Also hoodies, rash guards, which are not my words, other people's words. They're pretty dope. <laughs> so, you know, if you're into activity that you like range of motion um, and you want to represent and you want to support, get a rash guard. That Those are good. I did them for jujitsu <laughs> originally, but bam, if you, if, you, if you surf, if you, you know, do CrossFit, Metcons, whatnot, cycling, Run marathons. I'm listing all the things that people send me pictures of them doing in their rash guard. So that's why I'm going down this list. Other stuff. If you do all that, perfect for that too. Very perfect. Can something be very perfect? It's either perfect or not, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Either way. There's women's stuff on there. Uh, Some patches, Velcro. Regulation size and color. Um, Hoodies as well. Also... Maybe the travel mugs are on there. Maybe not. Nonetheless, I'll talk more about the travel mugs later. Next time. Also. Oh, JockoStore.com. I think I said that, but, if you know, there it is. A reminder, JockoStore.com is the website. Okay. Good way to support and support yourself. Psychological warfare. What psychological warfare is, I know, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Psychological warfare is an album with tracks, not music tracks, Jocko track. <laughs> and if you are, you know, I'm starting to not like the word self-improvement. I already don't like that word. Right? Yeah. It kind of like. Never mind starting to. Yeah. You know, it's kind of. I already pl- don't like it. Yeah. I'm, and I'm to the point I'm like midway through not liking it. You know, the phases is like, boom, boom. You hear something. You're like, okay, that's cool and acceptable. Mid phase is like, that's cool, but I don't like how it sounds when I say it. And then the last phase is you don't you just don't want to hear it. I'm Straight in mid phase, so but I'm gonna use it, you know, for just for the greater good. If you're on a self improvement path, journey, journey is another one of those words that you know you're waking up early, you're doing workouts now consistently, you're consistent consistently eating good. What about studying and reading and getting smarter too? Don't yeah, those studying, reading. Um, you know, writing, even anything creative, you know, man, when you, that, and that's the thing that jams people up when they're like, Hey, I should do this. I should write my ebook or I should, I should 
do a journal every day or whatever, you know, and they'll do it one day and then they just won't do it anymore. You know, that's the thing. So anyway, depend, regardless of what you're doing, these tracks, psychological purpose, these tracks will help you through this at times of weakness. If you're trying to get up in the morning and it's that day, you know, you had a long night and a hard workout that morning that you're looking forward to or not looking forward to. And you're like, you know what? I'm gonna, just going to snooze or I'm going to skip the workout. You listen to a certain one or two or three of these tracks. It's Jocko and he'll get you through that moment of weakness and you will work out. You will wake up early. 100% probability with very few, if any, exceptions. Also... On Amazon, while you're clicking through, you can get um, some Jocko White tea, which has some pretty good effects. I, I just pulled a couple reviews out. This one here says, drinking Jocko's white tea has had the following effects on my life. Getting after it, up 55%. Extreme ownership, up 92%. Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, cruising. Oh, dang. Up 108%. Oh, so that's dang. important. Also... Deadlift went from 325 to 555. 20 pull-ups instead of sets of five. Solid. That's good improvement. Yeah. I don't think anyone would brush oh, that Oh, 20 aside. in a row instead of, instead know, of, sets five. of five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. yeah. That's good. There's another person that drank the tea, and I thought that this was important because it could happen to other people. Yeah. Okay, so this person bought some Jocko White tea for myself, and my next workout was so aggressive I got a strongly worded letter from the UN to cease hostilities. So, I don't I don't like seeing UN involvement on our workouts, but if you're not careful, it might happen. And also there's another person I hadn't talked about front squatting. Uh, but, you know, uh, one person that has been drinking Jocko White tea is now front squatting about 2000 pounds. <laughs> so, again, just Jocko White tea, no yeah. big deal. Uh, double, triple, quadruple, placebo, ultimate tested, <laughs> flawless. Yeah. Uh, numbers. Yeah. So, yeah, Jocko White Tea, man. Tastes good, and it is good. Also, right now, Way of the Warrior Kid. It's out. We've been waiting for it. I've been waiting for it. Boom. Thanks, everyone, for picking it up, getting a copy. If you haven't gotten it yet, get it. You know what? You probably don't. You probably wonder if you need it. Maybe you think you don't need it. So, a little excerpt. A little excerpt for you. Now, this is young Mark. He couldn't do any pull-ups. He couldn't do any pull-ups. He's in fifth grade. Couldn't do any pull-ups. Sure. Getting made fun of. Yeah. People are laughing at him because he can't do any Mm pull-ups. His uncle, Uncle Jake, he stays with him for the summer. Uncle Jake's in the SEAL teams. Uncle Jake gets him on the workout program. Mm. What you and I are commonly referred to as the program (laughs) gets him on the program and it's been a few weeks now and uncle jake realizes that mark he's been doing negatives and he's been doing assisted pull-ups and he's been doing the pyramids but just hanging on the bar doing all those things getting ready and uncle jake realizes now he's ready to do his first pull-up so he says to him you know okay you're gonna get on you're gonna do your first pull-up today and we'll go to the back to the book there you go, he said, giddy up, get on the bar. And here's young Mark, I was filled with fear. Every time I had tried in the past, no matter how hard I pulled, I could never get my chin over the bar. Now, with Uncle Jake standing right here, after all the work he has done with me, I just didn't think I'd be able to do it. 
I stood there looking up at the bar. Well, what are you waiting for? Said Uncle Jake. I slowly stepped up on the box and reached up for the bar. The bar was cool in my hands. And I noticed something that I hadn't thought about, my grip. In the past, my grip always felt like it was going to slip off the bar. My grip felt different now. It felt strong. I concentrated, and then after taking a big breath, I pulled. And I went up. And up. And up. And soon my chin cleared the top of the bar. Yes! I had done it! I let myself down slowly and dropped off the bar. I looked at my uncle. He had a big smile on his face. A big smile. He was happy. And I was even happier. It felt so good. I looked at Uncle Jake and yelled, Yeah! As I curled both my fists towards my shoulder like I'd seen weightlifters do in magazines. And I could actually tell for the first time in my life, I was starting to get some muscles. Nothing huge, but they were certainly there. Muscle man Mark, I shouted as proud as I could be. Then I saw Uncle Jake's smile disappear. Hold on there, muscle man, said Uncle Jake. I didn't know what was wrong, but something was. I think it's a bit early for a celebration. Early? I just did the first pull-up of my life. I think it's the perfect time for a celebration, I told Uncle Jake. That's a problem. Uncle Jake said. A problem? Why is a pull-up a problem? Not the pull-up, Mark. The celebration. It is way too early for celebrating. But I just did my first pull-up ever. But your goal isn't one pull-up. Your goal is ten pull-ups. You did one. Sure, you have a reason to be happy. One pull-up is better than zero. But it's a long way from ten. No matter what you're doing in life, you can't take your eyes off the long-term goal, especially to celebrate. You can assess. You can try and figure out some lessons learned from what you did right and what you did wrong. You can even do a little celebrating for the small victories. But don't go overboard. You need to keep your head in the game. So come over here, give me a high five, and then get back over there and start doing more work on the pull-up bar. This is only the beginning. I walked over to Uncle Jake, who brought his hand up in the air. I slapped it hard, and he said, solid work. Now get back over there and get after it. Yes, sir, I told him. Just a little, another little lesson from Uncle Jake. You can't get cocky when you make the little achievements. You got to keep your eye on the ball. So that's it. Check out that book, order it, Way the Warrior Kid. It's a kid's book. That's what they're telling me. I think we all learn a little something from it. I know I learned from writing it. You can also pre-order a book called Discipline Equals Freedom Field Manual. And it's we're dialing it in right now. It's going to come out October 17th. It isn't a workout book. It isn't a philosophy book. It isn't a photography book. It isn't a diet book. It's got all those things in there, but how do you categorize it? Where are you going to put? Where are you going to put it in the bookstore? Where's it going to be? Where's it going to be on Amazon? You know where it's going to be? Where? It's going to be in the get after it category. (laughs) And you know what? It's going to be the only book in there. So you can order that one. (laughs) You can also order Extreme Ownership, of course, if you want to lead and win. 
you can get that book for you and your team if you need some leadership training live you can contact our company echelon front echelon front is a leadership and management consulting business we teach your company to lead with the same principles of leadership that we learned in combat so if you want to get us in the game with you email info at echelonfront.com we have the muster 002 coming up at the Marriott Grand Marquis May 4th and 5th leadership strategy tactics if you don't make that one guess what that's okay Texas July 13th and 14th at the Omni Barton Creek Resort and Spa I'm gonna tell you right up straight up don't come for the spa you're not gonna see the spa <laughs> if you can't make the one in Texas San Diego September 14th and 15th follow-on operation we've been there once we're coming back again come get your leadership game on improve yourself as a leader and as a person we'll see you at one of those musters look forward to it when we're not at the musters we can be found on the interwebs on Twitter on Instagram and we're gonna be here laxing on that face that face book Echo is at Echo Charles and I am at Jocko Willink. And thanks to everybody for listening and for supporting and for asking these questions and for helping us do what we do to the military personnel overseas. All of you, our deepest thanks and appreciation for your service and sacrifice. Stay safe. The best way to stay safe is to stay aggressive to the police, firefighters, EMTs, first responders. Thanks for staying sharp, training hard, and standing watch for us here at home. And to everybody listening, life isn't easy. And it's not supposed to be. Sure. There's victories and there's triumphs, but there's also losses and setbacks. But those losses and setbacks only win if you let them. So don't let them. Don't let them win no matter what happens. Keep going. Keep getting after it. So until next time, this is Echo and Jocko.